On this week's episode of Friend Code, we're looking back on a spectacular year for Nintendo. Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani, and today we are joined by a very, very special guest, Mr. Ash Paulson of Game Explain. I'm so really happy excited. to be here. Yeah. Thank you very much. Finally, yes. got somebody from Game Explain here. Yeah, I'm super excited. And we also got Kyle Bossman. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do that for once. That was cold. That was cold. <laughs> I'm kidding. Kyle Bossman here. Really good lineup here. We're going to talk about the, the year in review, kind of, for, for Nintendo. Not just the Switch, Nintendo. Cool. I want to make that clear to everyone in the audience. It's like, everyone's, I got some people who kind of heard that I was going to do it on the stream. They're like, oh, you're just going to be talking about Switch's year. I'm like, no, we're going to talk about Nintendo. So, like, everything's nice. being covered here. There's some even, other stuff. Even something I know that's going to anger Kyle Bossman. Oh, yeah. Because he doesn't like to talk about it. Yeah. He got annoyed when I talked about it too much. But uh, anyway, really quick, uh, housekeeping cuss, this is going to be a pretty lengthy episode. Because we have such a special guest here, uh, we're not going to be doing uh, Dear Nintendo, as usual. We're not be doing uh, Patron's Pulse. And, and if you're a little upset about that, just remember last episode was completely dedicated to all to as many Patron's Pulse questions as we could do. So that will be returning next episode, barring we get more special guests or something like that. So don't be too disappointed. But anyway, let's get into 2017 for Nintendo. Before you do that, can I do one correction from last week? Last oh, episode. yeah, Kyle, you got something wrong, didn't you? <laughs> I got you? something wrong, yes. What, what happened? Nintendo owns NERD. That stands for Nintendo European Research and Development. That's their own little studio. That's their team. All right. And I, I wouldn't have called you out on that. I just would have let it go, so good for but you. But I called for... them third party. The, the truth is they, uh, okay. they started off third party, but then Nintendo's like, oh, we need these people. So, yeah, yeah. the third party, that's a little, I see yeah. what you mean. Okay. That, that was on me. That was on me. All right. I, I I was there too. I was share a little bit of the fault for not like saying something or realizing it. So it's not all on Kyle Bossman. Yeah, but yeah. I even Ash it went it went even wronger than that. I okay. said they probably won't be responsible for the emulation on the Switch, but now I'm pretty convinced no. they absolutely will. No. Be. Yeah, they probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> it was multiple goofs. So yeah. I really wanted to set the record straight on that, Damiani. I feel that, that's, about it. No, that's good. Cool. That's really yeah. good to do. Um. So now let's get into the 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 year in review for Nintendo. Starting back in January, seems like forever ago. So there was a little, uh, a little January event for us. There was a stream, uh, a broadcast on January thirteenth our time. There was something earlier on January twelfth, but on January thirteenth is when the world got properly introduced to all the details behind Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. That was the event that revealed the release date, the launch date of March third. We got, we got. Actually, I forget if we got the price at that event or not. Uh, I just remember the price was announced as two ninety nine, um, so it had to have been close. But I mean, we learned that eventually. So it was yeah. like it was going to be two ninety nine. But importantly, they showed off Mario Odyssey for properly for the first time. Not the the few snippets of like footage that we saw the year before, uh, the few months before. Mm-hmm. And we got, we saw New, New Donk City. Yeah, right. Yeah, we saw some yeah. good stuff. Literally, we know what was in store for us though. And we also got what I consider to be still one of the best gaming trailers I've ever seen, which was yes. that Breath of the Wild launch trailer. Or not launch trailer, but, you know, the the story trailer, I guess. Pretty much, like, yeah. You call it a story trailer. Yeah, I, think I guess you can call Nintendo's it that. Nintendo's got weird names. They yeah, they call it, like, sure. the Switch event trailer. It's, got like, it. <laughs> something that, like, they get really technical on. But great trailer, and it had the release date at the end because if you can remember all the way back then there were those rumors going around about it was being delayed till summer 
because for whatever reasons. And I was like, oh no, it's going to come out in June, right around E3. That's what the rumors are saying. And they come out and like, nope, it's, it's launching on Switch. Also Wii U, same day, but... And we got some information about the third parties um, that we're going to be supporting. We got that image that everyone loves to point to now because of how accurate it was. And that this year, those games all announced back at the Switch event have pretty much all come out. I can think of one that hasn't come out. What hasn't come out yet? From Software was on that Oh, I'm not talking about the third party, uh, (laughs) the list of third party Uh uh, supporters. That image that had like the the months and and then like they had the category of like coming out later this year. Got it. Pretty much all of those have come out. It's been a good year, yeah. Yeah. I I would say, I'm kind of curious if either of you thought this back then, if you can remember. Um, Because I had a little bit of this reservation until Switch launched. Uh, and I get called out of this a lot because people are like, oh, Domino, you don't ever acknowledge this. It's like, I was a little hesitant about the, the launch lineup for the Switch after this event. I was like, Zelda's good, but it's also going to be on Wii U. Didn't the, have, have, are we going through this again where Nintendo doesn't have a lot of games ready at launch? Yeah. This has been kind of like a, a stigma against them. Did either of you feel that way or did you feel pretty, can you remember, do you feel sad, did you feel satisfied after that event? Um, I, I remember, and I fully admit that I was a little skeptical, um, and not necessarily, I wasn't like doom and gloom, oh, like they're doomed. I just remember thinking, okay, the launch lineup looks a little tepid, you know, $299. i am not sure if that's the right entry price for them after the Wii U. And I'm just you know, are we seeing a return to Nintendo's bad habits mm-hmm. with Wii U? And then I remember specifically though, that that launch lineup, you know, they, they, it, at the time it sounded like empty PR where they were saying, you know, we're going to fill out that launch lineup in the coming months, just wait. And I was like, okay, we'll see. But then they actually did. Yeah. And then suddenly by the time we got to launch day, it was looking a lot better. And yes. uh, and then so I was like, I was happily proven wrong, actually. I would say I was yeah. happily proven wrong as well. What about you, Kyle? I remember being a little dehyped because oh. uh, this was, all, you remember this is also the debut of HD Rumble. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> and it was the debut of 1-2-Switch. Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> those were eye rollers in yeah. the presentation. And so, uh, and I think at this time we also saw that weird version of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe where it wasn't named Deluxe yet. They just showed people playing Mario Kart and you could see that you could have two items. And so we were like, is it a new game? Is mm-hmm. it just Mario Kart 8 again? And so that was kind of unclear. And so it looked like a Wii U uh, uh, port machine already in that in the debut of it. Same thing with oh. Splatoon, actually. I think they oh, chose yeah. Splatoon yeah. 2, and we didn't know yet. If, we didn't know then that it was Splatoon 2. We were yeah. like, what is this exactly? Is mm-hmm. it 1.5 or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and, I remember being a little cooled off after that, okay. but obviously still extremely excited by the time the system launched. All right. Uh, yeah, the, the concern about it being a Wii U port machine, uh, it's I, I think it, it kind of went away a little bit after launch, but there were some reservations as we did find out some games coming out over the year would be Wii U ports. We'll get, we'll get those eventually, but that... that then completely go away right at, at, at launch. There was still some concern about that, I would I would argue. Um, but yeah, I think January got everyone pretty excited to an extent for the Switch. At least, even if you were a little dehyped, you're like, all right, well, it's coming one way or another. And, you know, this is like, can't be any worse than Wii U, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Launch? We'll yeah. see. Um, but right on, the, right on the heels of January, February marked a, another important release. Not for any of Nintendo's consoles or devices, but the release of Fire Emblem Heroes for mobile phones. A gotcha-style, free-to-play mobile Fire Emblem that uh, I did the review for it. Yeah. Uh, I spent a lot of time with it. Ben Moore spent a lot of time with it. 
Um, Kyle was not very into it at all. In fact, got very upset whenever I try and talk about it. But from my perspective, I thought it was pretty easy to get into because it was a free-to-play game versus Super, sorry, Super Mario Run, which you had to you could try it out, but to get the full experience, you had to buy it. There, there was no content actually locked behind paywalls with this. It was just the gotcha mechanic of, do you want that hero? Do you want that hero? Keep you know putting money into the into the in-game currency to, to roll again for that hero. And I thought it was a pretty good gateway for new fans to, to learn about Fire Emblem and possibly go, oh, you want a more in-depth Fire Emblem strategy experience? There are these other great games, especially for 3DS, that you can go and play. Um, Nintendo's still supporting it. I keep yep. getting notifications on my phone, <laughs> even though I, I have long since not touched it. It's been months since I touched it. I kind of got my fill of it. Um, and later in the year, it was revealed that this game has actually been more profitable for Nintendo than Super Mario Run. Um, especially when they like do the percentages of like how much it costs for Super Mario Run, how much it's brought in versus Fire Emblem, uh, which pretty much like is the marketing development cost and bring it back. So it made sense, or I think the, the signs were there that going forward, Nintendo was going to do these types of games, which proved true later in the year when another mobile game came out that we'll get to mm-hmm. um did either of you I, I actually don't know Kyle, if you ever actually touched it uh what is your experience with fire emblem heroes and what did you think about uh the the this, this the technically the third effort from nintendo on mobile phones after mitomo and and super mario run um I actually did the preview, the Game Explained preview for Fire Emblem Heroes. So I got, uh, you know, kind of an early look at it and kind of hit the ground running with it. And I think I was able to enjoy it from a particular distance. Like, of all of all Nintendo's mobile games, Fire Emblem Heroes has been my favorite. And I still duck into it once in a while. I've mostly put it down, like you, like you have said. Um, but, you know, I think because I'm not a hardcore Fire Emblem fan, I'm kind of like a casual Fire Emblem fan. So I didn't ever feel the need to drop a scent on on pulling certain characters and I got you know the characters I like anyway but more than that I have to say you know even though I'm not a big mobile gacha game player anyway of all the ones I have played Fire Emblem Heroes is by far the most generous by like a country mile it is such a generous game and even now you log in and you can get two to four orbs almost daily sometimes just lot by logging in every day oh yeah like yeah I, I agree I never felt like I needed to spend a cent on that game not because the the skill factor with the heroes, but exactly what you just said right there, that they kept giving me stuff. <laughs> they still are. Unless you were playing like many hours a day. Like I would spend maybe an hour at most a day in that game at, at my height, maybe two hours. I felt like I was continuously being rewarded with the orbs. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm sitting like on 70, 80 orbs. I would like spend half of them just to like spend some and then like come back a week later. I'm right back up with 70, 80 orbs here. I have like 260 right now. I don't, I'm not playing oh, daily anymore, but I, nice. I just log in just in case I just want to play. I have all, I'm just sitting on this bed of orbs that, and they just oh. give them away like candy. And I'm like, okay, I'm down with gotcha games like this because I don't, I don't have any reason to spend money if they're just going to give it away like that. So. Yeah. So I think there was a campaign in the game, from what I remember. And Damiani, I played through it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Basically, yeah. uh, it gets... the, the It's funny. The game gets harder because they want you to go grind other modes. And it's kind of designed that way. It's like you take your heroes to the other modes, the other, like... Uh, yeah, like the training tower. Training tower and, yeah. and all that. Uh, I didn't get a single five-star unit the entire time I played the game. Uh and I think I rolled like 20 times. I think I just had extraordinary bad luck. Like that's that's bad yeah. luck on the other side. Oh, You're yeah. not supposed to do that. Uh, yeah, I just hated it for that reason. But it's still a huge success. 
it, it, like you can't say that game isn't success. You can't oh, say yeah. it was oh, yeah. a bad decision on Nintendo's part. Uh, I think it's. I don't like the spirit of the game, but uh, it worked. Yeah, it, I I don't know what much else they could have done for a free to play game to, to to put more effort into it. To, like if they had tried to make it more like a even a handheld 3ds Fire Emblem games. Um, I, I don't know if that's what works the best on a on your mobile smartphone. So, I mean, the screen orientation. I know you can turn around and stuff, mm-hmm. but like it's touchscreen. It what they did, I think, worked well. Like the actual mechanics of it. It was like the simplified one screen for each of the battlefields. They weren't very complex, which made it more accessible. Which yeah. I think was easier to get into for people. If you didn't like it, that's fine. You still tried it out. Nintendo got people to at least play some of it and try out Fire Emblem. And I tried it out. For people who would be nervous about spending twenty, thirty, forty, or more dollars on a proper entry, getting into it for free here, if they felt like I, I like where this is going, but it's not, I want more, and everyone told them, and they were aware of the other ones, then okay, I, I can go spend my money on one that is a proven title that's going to give me more of the uh, more in depth strategy experience that I've been looking for, and I, I think I'm, in that regard, as like that the that's the best aspect of Fire Emblem Heroes that it's it, free. What that it's free. Uh, yeah, for, that is free sure. to play. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. that starts as a gateway. I pause for a second because, yeah. like, here's the thing: we're gonna get into this other game. There's, there's also echoes, <laughs> and I keep, I for a long time, I would like use them interchangeably by accident. Me too. Like, I was like, Nintendo, can we please? Like, heroes, echoes are so similar, but then like, I was like, it was just we'll call one Shadows of Valentia, and like that'll be easier. You don't have to like call it echoes. I was like, all right. <laughs> then you got warriors. So anyway, um, I, I think, I think that's good. Um, when we get to the other one, uh, Animal Crossing, uh, I'll be interested to see what you feel about that because sure. I kind of I did a 180 on that, but I think it might be because of my investment in Animal Crossing versus Fire Emblem. Yeah, one thing really quick yeah. about Fire Emblem Heroes that I thought was surprising and interesting was that it kind of low key represented Nintendo's, I, to my knowledge, I think their first time full on embracing like waifu husbando <laughs> culture because you know some of that yeah. art for some of the the yeah. damaged and, and not I mean both the women and the men, but it's just like it's surprisingly you know. I say racy for Nintendo. It's not racy and in general, but for Nintendo, for them to, you know, for that to be a game attached to one of their major IPs, I was kind of surprised by how edgy yeah. some of that damaged character art got for that oh, game. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and you can just scroll through it at any time when you get to the character profiles. <laughs> you go through all, like, their how they would look, the sprites. Yeah. So you can see that at any time. And even going, like, uh, beyond that, when they did the, the seasonal type events or limited time events, they had, like, the the bridal outfit ones. And the summer and the, ones. And the, and the and summer the, swimsuit yeah. ones. I mean, they had, the, like, the groom outfits as well, like the tuxedos for the guys, and then, like, swimsuits for everyone there. So, I mean, they they knew <laughs> how to play their I would say this yeah. extends beyond Fire Emblem uh, Heroes. There are a lot of uh, characters throughout the year that I think Nintendo was kind of, like, not, not they weren't very being very edgy in the depiction that, like, some other games get into, but I think there was a... A version of Nintendo's fan service uh-huh. and some other characters that came throughout the year. Once we come right back around to December, I guess is when we're going to talk about that. I mean, I don't. It happened before December. I think actually the next game we're going to talk oh, about. Oh, okay. Right. Right. Had, had some of that. I don't know what you're um, hinting at. When we talk about, I hate. I don't really like the term like waifu. I always use it sarcastically. But sure. come March third, uh, Switch launches worldwide with uh, with Breath of the Wild being uh, a launch title for it. And I want to talk about. Uh, uh, I was alluding to Zelda, her appearance in there. Like the cute Zelda in that game, and then there's a certain scene in the, one of the cutscenes where she's bending over to pick a flower. <laughs> no, no, and that no. Went, that's not the same. That, that it's went still viral. Not quite no, the no, same no. Thing, that I was think. that was. I think that was more the fans, obviously, like some fans. Yeah, going a little far with that because that happened with a uh, uh, twin uh, arms character. Uh, 
Twintel. Oh, Twintel. Thank yeah. you, Twintel. Yeah. That like that, like people kept saying like what was Nintendo's strategy this year and they're like oh all these great games and then someone posted a bunch of like you know artwork from all the games and said like uh huh I was <laughs> like they oh, fans sometimes get a some fans get a little ridiculous sometimes but anyway yeah. let's not spend so much time on that that's that is absurd March third Switch launches worldwide yes sells out I I don't rem- so here's the thing. Hmm. I don't actually remember how hard it was to get pre-ordering. Do either of you remember the pre-order situation? Because I got, was able to get multiple to help out people. Yeah, I got. A, uh, I think I got two Best Buys. I got one for me and one for Don. Like it wasn't too hard. Yeah, nice. I got. I got one. I got. I think I pre-ordered like four in total in the end uh, from different retailers because yeah. that's mm-hmm. how I've been doing it with like rare, like perceived hard to get stuff. Uh, yeah, like two of them I gave sold to friends. And the other one I canceled because <laughs> I had enough time, and then one was for me. But you're right in that nice. it sold out. It was easy for us to get pre-orders, but it did sell out. So it was hard for anybody trying to buy it day one. It has been right. selling out, even yeah. though I will say throughout the year, it does feel like like Reggie and Nintendo, like they, they promised that there'd be kind of a steady supply. Even though it sells out really quickly, there have been lots of updates. Like I sure. see Wario 64 updating switches will be in stock tomorrow at Ver- like Amazon or Walmart or Best Buy. And they might go fast, but like it feels like there's definitely more updates in terms of inventory being restocked than say the Wii uh, a decade ago when it first launched, or, or more than a decade in 2006 through 2007. It felt like that was just like impossible to get for it was even more than a year. It felt like it was almost like two years before that started to get like easy to find in stores. So I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know if that's how it really went but it, that's how they remember it feels more to me like that's more true of the last couple of months like more recently like i feel like there is that dead zone right following the switch's release uh like maybe april may where it sounded it felt like they really did have trouble keeping switches in stock oh, but i yeah. feel like they've been doing better since like you know october september they really have been ramping it up but i think there is that summer drought where people are like we want to buy switches we can't buy switches and in japan the situation is even worse with people literally lining up around the block to for a lottery for a chance to buy a switch like that is crazy to me that nintendo could not Uh, yeah everything i've seen uh makes it sound like the situation in japan has been like worse yeah that's what i understand here i I mean i think was more of us a lot of us who are like more of the like the core audience got ours early we just see the updates and we don't really like follow it here because we don't go to a store and be like, oh, how, how are people looking for switches here? Yeah. Whereas yeah. like Japan media love to still report on that and you see it and you like those lines. As you said, that wasn't even just to get one, it's just to get a, the lottery ticket to see if you can get the right to, per, uh, you know, the purchase one. <laughs> yeah. It's like, geez, and that's still going on. And yes, there was that window there. I think it had something to do, correct me if I'm wrong, or, you know, audience, you know, not audience, <laughs> viewers. <laughs> We're not live. Um, it's, it's still an audience, man. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Is it technically? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, viewers, let us know if uh, I thought there was something about uh, the production plant where they were making the switches. Also shared it with Apple. And Apple was, or the screens or something, Apple or the, the production lines that they needed to use or make certain parts for Switch, Apple had reserved a lot of them ready for revamping because they were doing iPhone 8 plus the iPhone X or 10, right, right, whatever right. they call right. it now. So Switch was, giving, was actually being limited by that initially. And then once those orders were filled by Apple... I think Switch was able to get like like higher production output uh, for the units to, to help. That's why you saw more stock coming in uh, after that. I don't know if that's true. That's what I remember reading back in like March or April. I remember reading something, something about like that, that as well. It, yeah. But I mean, it, overall though, it felt like it was actually a good launch yeah. because of Breath of the Wild. Let's get into yes. Breath of the Wild here. That game, 
I, uh, despite any gripes I might have ever expressed about it, like I will still tell you that is an, uh, Breath of the Wild is amazing. And having I know it happened recently, the I redove back into it recently because of the DLC. I finally decided to go play all the DLC, mm-hmm. and I was just reminded of like how good this game actually is. And I just want to clarify by saying, in a nutshell, you, you know, go watch my review if you want my like in depth thoughts about the game. But that game did such an amazing job of taking established Zelda tropes and being like, hey, uh, we're we're gonna use some of them, not all of them, and we're gonna give you something different. It's still gonna feel like Zelda, but it's gonna be different. And Nintendo did an open-world style game with a Zelda feel, and it felt just right. And it felt fun. Um, I, I All the critical reviews seem to pretty much agree. I know there's dissenters out there, and I don't want to, like, you know... I want to acknowledge that, at least. Like, some of the things that I saw that people mostly complained about was either... Either felt it was too boring going around and exploring or something like that. That wasn't like... I like a more direction... Zelda of more direction. I don't want to have to aimlessly wander around... And then some of the backlash about the like the dungeon designs. Like, oh, there was 120 shrines, the four Divine Beast dungeons, but those four Divine Beast dungeons in Nestle stack up to other 3D Zeldas. Like, where's the theme to them? Anything like that. And it's all subjective. So, Breath of the Wild, now that it's been almost, like, what, eight months, seven months? About, yeah. Nine months? A lot, lot long time <laughs> has passed since the launch of it. How do you feel now about Breath of the Wild uh, do, you, do you still feel as good about it or as bad about it as he did when it launched? I still feel as good about it. It was it, it, It's crazy to think about that first day of playing that game. Yeah. Uh, that first day is you know something you can never have back, but just uh, getting let loose in that world is just uh, it, it was remarkable. you know it, it was fun. That, that, that was probably the most fun day of playing the game is the first one. Uh, just having that freedom, having that world in front of you, and uh, doing whatever you want along the way, yeah. and and it's just a fun game in that anything you want to do along the way, there are lots of fun options. There are many interesting little paths you can take yourself on. Yeah, you know my my, my thoughts on Breath of the Wild have been pretty complicated because I, I love it. And I want to preface this preface this by saying I spent 140 hours in the game. Obviously, you don't spend that much time with the game you don't love. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, I do agree with a lot of the criticism you just brought up. Um, I also think that the the story and the characterization is mostly just the epitome of wasted potential. I, I wanted a better story. I understand the open world design kind of you know undercuts that. I get it, but at the same time, I just felt like the story was super lacking. And you know, I had the dungeons again, not the biggest fan because they felt so samey. They don't feel memorable like other 3D Zelda dungeons. But you know what? The moment-to-moment gameplay in that game is just so... There's nothing else like it. It's absolutely brilliant in the way the world just makes sense. Physics work the way you think they will. Things work, and just you have total... And I don't even like open-world games. That's what's crazy. I have gone on record saying I don't like open-world games. But the way Breath of the Wild did it, and the way... I mean, I've had so many discussions with people about how they did this versus how I did this. And the game is full of those moments. And there are... As many people who've played Breath of the Wild, there are that many stories of how people got through it. It is completely up to you. And no, there are very few other games that I can think of that do that so well. So as many issues as I have with Breath of the Wild, it like as you said, it is astounding, as you both said. It's a, it's a fantastic game. Thinking about it now, the months after it's released, the thing that impresses upon me most about Breath of the Wild is the 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 authority the 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 ability to choose what I want to do with that game at any moment. Uh, and you both talked about it a little bit, but basically the fact that I could go off 
any direction, do what I want, see what was out there, and not the game wouldn't necessarily tell me, hey, why don't you go back over here? Like, well, you shouldn't be going this way. I mean, not uh, that's not always bad. Like, I always reference, like, whenever that comes up, people are like, can that be bad? I'm like, well, there's, you know, there's a game called, you know, Dark Souls where everyone goes into the, the graveyard first or initially with the skeletons. And that's that's game's way of telling you, you, you technically can go this way, but you really shouldn't go this way. You're not really ready for it. Uh, barring something like that, which wasn't really in Breath of the Wild, I felt, I just love that experience of being able, I, I wanted to try it. There was one moment where I was following the storyline. I got to Kakariko Village and I'm like, I don't want to go to the next village. I want to go around and see how much of the world I can see right now. Am, am I going to find new shrines? Am I going to like, what will I discover? And like the next significant amount of time in the game, I was just going around trying to activate all the towers. Mm-hmm. I love the shrines. Like I, I, I do lament the, the quality of the Divine Beast dungeons. And I do think there is, I would personally like some kind of compromise between shrine count which I get, Shri- they, the shrines were there to help reward you for going off and exploring. One of the many tools they had to do that. But I would like to see in the future uh, better themed, more uh, robust. We'll use robust. Sure, uh, good word. Dungeons yeah. <laughs> there. Uh, that's not the greatest word. So, uh, I, actually, I'm confused. What? This, sorry, this is an aside. This doesn't have to do with uh, March. Sure. When they announced the DLC, when they announced like the first ever the the uh, yeah the pass... Didn't they say there would be a new dungeon in the final DLC? Yes, they did. Did they say that? I th- yeah. yeah, they said one new dungeon and new story. So is there a new dungeon I haven't found yet? So there, or are uh, they counting the mini like the the challenges as a dungeon? No, no, no. The trial, no. the trial of the sword is mm-hmm. DLC one. Yeah, but if you do the new story DLC, if you begin that quest line, yeah, the very end of it, there's going to be a dungeon. There is a there is a divine beast like dungeon. Okay, it, it's yeah. cool. It's, it's more Divine Beast-like than, like, it's not... Don't think of it as something like a, a traditional 3D Zelda dungeon. It's, got it. It's, it's less like that. Um, it might be a little bit... Yeah, it's still got all the tropes of the Divine Beast, like the, the dungeon mechanic. There's a dungeon right. mechanic there. Got it. Um, there's, boss, I mean, there's a boss battle. I would say the boss battle is probably more of what Breath of the Wild could have used was that type of boss I battle. I agree. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and, I'm and, excited uh, to hop back in. Yeah, then. I don't yeah. want to spoil That's it cool. for you, okay, but cool. yeah. All right, uh, all right. There, there were some good things in there, but like you talked about, uh, Ashley, you talked about the story. Yes. And I always temper my criticisms of Zelda's story by saying like something I'm very invested in. Mm-hmm. And you do not need to be invested in story at all, really, uh, in Zelda games to get like the full, uh, most enjoyment out of them. Mm-hmm. I don't think that is the best element of Zelda games, but it is something they have done well in the past. So to, 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 for my argument here, the Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, I think both have really good stories. Uh, I, like the Wind Waker story might be the best story, single game story of any Zelda game. I won't ever take that away from it. And I did not feel like I had that type of uh, en- enrichment in terms of the narrative in Breath of the Wild. And I kind of temper that by saying they were trying so much different with the, the open nature of this game, letting you go in different directions that they even said themselves in a lot of the, the development videos that came out afterwards we struggled with how do we present narrative to you in a way that still encourages you and allows you to have the freedom to go do what you want and not kind of even subtly dictate where you should be going. Um, I, I think there's a balance to be struck there possibly. That's obviously the developer's job to figure out if they want to do that and how to implement it. But playing the Champions Ballad DLC, that story behind the characters that you'll get, the, the, her- uh, the four champions and, and Zelda... I was like, one, I felt that should have been in the main game to begin with. That That's a whole other argument about like why this was even made DLC. 
Um, but at the same time, it felt like such wasted potential with these four great characters. Now, now that I've played the Champions Ballad DLC and seen their full backstory and development, I was like, there's like this camaraderie that's supposed to be there that they're telling me about. And I, in the actual main venture of Breath of the Wild, I don't ever get to really directly experience it. It's being told to me, it happened. You are, you, you all are these like good buddies and stuff. And it doesn't have any kind of real payoff unless you do the four divine dungeons and they show up at the end to like use their power for a second. It's like, oh, it, 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 there's so much more left on the table. I feel like that that they're, they're, that hopefully, um, it's because they said they're going to continue to make 3D Zelda games like Breath of the Wild style, uh, open air, mm-hmm. I believe is their term for mm-hmm. it. And uh, I hope that's something they aim for in the next one. Me too. I I uh, str- I think you can en- encapsulate the problem with Breath of the Wild story kind of in one kind of statement, and that is everything interesting happens off screen. It's Mm -hmm. the same problem that Final Fantasy XV had. I love that game to a point, but the story was a mess, and in the same way I think Zelda's is. And look, I get it. I get that for this open-air Zelda game, you know, the, the gameplay structure had to come first, and the story had to work in service of that. And I totally get it. But, you know, you just talked about Wind Waker. That's probably my favorite Zelda game of all time, along up there with A Link to the Past. And that had a fantastic story that I think holds up to this day. But I'm not even talking about, like, the cutscene style of storytelling. I think you go back to a game like Link's Awakening, mm-hmm. and that game tells its story to you in the most heartbreaking ways through yes. gameplay, through the game, through incredible environmental cues and character cues you don't need cutscenes to tell a great story and Link's Awakening proves that in my opinion and that's you know I I think Breath of the Wild still I mean I obviously had that open air structure that undercut the story but I just I look for a little more characterization from my Zelda games and the thing is you you touched on it I like the champion. I mean, I, I really like most of the champions, and I wanted to see more of them. I wanted to see more of 100 years ago. I wanted to see them interacting with Link and Zelda. By the time you do anything in, in Breath of the Wild, they're, they've been gone for 100 years. They've been dead. Like, those are cool characters. I want to see more of them, you know? And, yeah. and Zelda is so known for strong characterization, and I just feel like you lose some of that with the open-air structure in Breath of the Wild. But I totally get that that was the point, that that was the first what they were going oh, for. Oh, yeah. And I get that. To- yeah, it totally makes sense. I think you could blame the direction a little bit, though, too. Like, uh, you know, you go to the Goron City, and there's the young Goron. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You know, though. Yeah, I think his name is. Sure. Yeah. But we don't get attached <laughs> to him. Yeah, exactly. Kyle. You know what I mean? Yeah. By the way, Yiga clan, Kyle. Yiga, yeah. I, 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 I Everyone was like, Dominator doesn't know it. I, like, I knew it. I just didn't want you to know it. No, that's like, not true. Poor that's Kyle. Not true. Uh, but, uh... I think even like I feel like some of the, like in just in the the voice acting direction, some people, some of the voice actors were told they're in a cartoon. You know what I mean? Just like some of the deliveries mm. are just like, "Hey, little guy, yeah. let's do it." And it's just like, I agree. That, that's such such a weird take on it. And I feel like the yeah. director said, "Yeah, that's great. That's what we're looking for here." When I don't think that was, I, I think the game could have like had a more. Uh, just in the tone, just in the tone of the voice acting, could have actually been more effective in more subdued voice acting like that. I, yeah. Oh yeah. Like I, I agree with you on the the voice acting, um, everything you said there, um, and to go a little bit more on what you said earlier, I, I feel like I, I I remember when we had our big discussion, Kyle, our group discussion, and I heard the arguments about like how people love the the amnesia story like element for Link that like he's got to remember everything, otherwise everything would be explained like that's the mystery and i don't think my problem is i don't think the payoff was worth that yeah and i think the i think everything that happened 100 years ago should have just been the main story i think 
that like Link didn't have to like lose, or if he did lose, he didn't like what happened to him didn't like require him a hundred years. I think going on an adventure with the, his comrades and stuff, and like helping him out in the dungeons and stuff, like building those relationships, there was like a good payoff. I felt to have that, and maybe they could, as I said, maybe they failed in their first attempt, and that's like the halfway point. Like that's like the light world version. Now they're in the dark world because they didn't, you know, not literally people. Yeah. I'm, I'm just talking about like. <laughs> thematically here like it could have gone like really dark as if you didn't need to have a hundred year gap link needs to recover for a hundred years and like the world's changed so much i know people like that theme to an extent because like hyrule's mostly ruins like it's or it's old it's aged and stuff and it makes for better exploration but at the same time they gave us all these characters and all this the the voice work they put voice work in the significant voice work for the first time in a zelda game and i just don't think one it wasn't all well executed as you said some of the direction wasn't there for it and the payoff ultimately isn't worth it for it. Um, it was just a big missed opportunity for me. Uh, I want to real quick. I, I, I know we've been, I've been pretty negative so far. Yeah. I don't want to say like the the shrines. I love the physics based puzzles in Zelda. I know there are people out there who played other physics based puzzles games and they're like, oh, I've seen this before. You know, I, I played games like this, but it was nice seeing in Zelda because it was something a little bit different. And the fact that there were so many different ways you can do them. Yes. In fact, Nintendo's like we knew people would. As Dom and would put it, cheese these things. Yeah. They, they would use cheese tactics to get yeah. around stuff. But we encouraged them. And we knew they would do all these things. And it's like, that's great. Like, I love that. I love when developers don't get too strung up and, and fixated on there has to be one absolute solution for this. I spent so much time creating this this puzzle. You got to figure it out this way. And when someone sells it differently, you're like, Ugh. So my favorite stuff right. is like, uh, like yeah. dropping a sword to uh, conduct electricity. And you can like uh-huh. make a chain that way. There's just like it's fun how creative you can be with the puzzles. Using yeah. stasis yeah. and magnesis to do some fun stuff. It's yeah. like I love those two things. I, mm-hmm. I know some people complain there weren't enough items in the game. But man, magnesis and stasis provided a lot of fun for me that, sure. that lasted over you know the hundred plus hours I played through that game. More than a hookshot ever could. <laughs> yeah. Like, would you really want a hookshot easily up to that point, or would you like to use you know stasis to make a platform and then jump on it, but then you gotta like hit it a bit to give some momentum to like launch? It? I was like, yes, come yeah. on, like that was way more interesting than than a hookshot would ever be, but. Well, I got to say, they were doing an interview, I think, about the Champions Ballad, where about the Master Cycle Zero, and uh-huh. they were talking about how they actually were testing out hook shots, where you could like grapple around Hyrule like Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome to me. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not. I'm <laughs> oh. not saying Stasis and Magnesis aren't really cool, but I Spider-Maning around Hyrule sounds pretty cool. If to they me. could do some kind of evolution of like what they did in Twilight Princess with a double claw yeah, shot, double claw where shot. Right, we're hanging on walls, that and, like, was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There we go. There, there's some game ideas for there. I mean, they even had the crazy thing, and like it was originally going to be like aliens or something the video of lincoln a field and a ufo shows up and drops the enemies uh-huh. like there, there were some crazy ideas for that but yeah. um despite story gripes and some stuff like it's still an excellent achievement of a game holy yes, crap absolutely and they can only go up from here because they could take uh, hopefully they take any of those criticisms to heart and just keep improving it for the next one i, I can not wait to see what they do with the next 3d zelda it's gonna be amazing Spent a lot of time in uh, in Switch and launch, but that was a big moment. It was the biggest month of the year. It had to do well. It was a big one, yeah. Because let's not forget, like, the Wii U, even if you love Wii U, the hardware and the software that came out with it, there were a lot of good games on Wii U. It just did not put up the sales at all. It was was not very good. It was like, when you're getting compared to GameCube and Dreamcast, something, like, I love GameCube, but even I know, like, that system didn't sell the best. Like, company, you need to sell. It doesn't matter how good of a quality product, if it doesn't sell... Company's not going to keep supporting it. 
Yeah, uh, really quick, uh, Breath of the Wild's obviously incredible, but I have to give a quick shout-out to my other favorite Switch launch title, which was oh, yeah. Shovel Knight Specter of Torment. <laughs> that counts. That debuted, that counts. Yes, they yes. debuted oh, yes. on Switch. Yeah. And oh, Brad, Brad were here would be like, Damiani, how dare you forget yeah, yeah, that yeah. game? That game was fantastic, and yeah. I, I love the... There, there was a cheat code that Yacht, the Yacht Club guys released a couple of months later where it actually replaces Specter Knight's wall-jumping mechanics with X and Zeros, like, ah, like you're playing a Mega Man ah, X game. Ah, and it was the yes. coolest thing, and I'm just like, you know, so That's that all cool. taken together. This is the first hearing of this. Yeah, so there's... Yeah, go look them up. There are cheat codes you can enter, and it'll, yeah. uh, Spectre Knight will just wall jump like X does in the Mega Man X games. It's <laughs> so fun. good. That's so really I got to give a shout out to Spectre mm. Torment. I yeah. love that game. Uh, when is King Knight happening? Next, uh, early, I think spring 2018. Okay. Yeah. yeah, King of Cards. That's, that's what it's, yeah, they said Dang. for that. Yeah. Um, we played a bit, of, I mean, just give, give them a little bit of a shout out because they did exist. Uh, one, two switch, Snipper Clips. Mm-hmm. We, we played Snipper a bunch Clips. of that in our group streams yeah. here at EZA. Yeah. We got some fun of it. Everyone got to laugh at me being, you know, <laughs> stubborn and trying yep. to play it a certain way. Because I like to see things can happen. We can do it. I sure. push games sometimes like that. Snipper yeah. Lips is great. That, that, what a great Good concept. launch title. Yeah, yeah, good launch and title. And they just did the, uh, not just, but it was pretty recently, the... The plus. The plus, plus. plus. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's something we haven't talked about yet that will come up now that we're in April. <laughs> okay. The 3DS still exists, everybody. Yes. Yeah. And I got a game, Fire Emblem Echoes. Yeah. Valentia. Ben Moore reviewed it. He loved it. Yeah. He was telling everyone, you really should, don't discount this game. You really should play it. And uh, it uh, it reviewed pretty well. And uh, it actually sold pretty decently. The fact that everyone's like, hey, you know, 3DS still around, you know? It, <laughs> why They don't need to discontinue it. Much to, I, I love Huber. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes sympathize with him on the, like, I, I, I wish every game was available on Switch but I don't think they only need to be on Switch. So, like, this is a game that I will be... I'm going to start here. Let's start the discussion. I was a little upset that this game didn't come out on Switch. I, I didn't I didn't need it to not come out on 3DS. Sure, come out on 3DS. I just wanted to play literally the 3DS version on my Switch somehow at that point. I was like, oh, I don't want to go back to my 3DS. So, with the Switch launch, how did you feel about having to go back, if you even did ever, to your 3DS? Was it tough? Did you ever wish that, like, hey, I wish everything was just on Switch like I did? Do you ever think about that? It was fine for me in April. And it was fine for me, we'll get to Metroid. It's yeah. been fine all year. I <laughs> okay. love my 3DS still. I think it's still a cool machine. I have no problems keeping it around, keeping it plugged in. And just for Tetris on it, I'll probably keep it for years, for <laughs> nice. five years, you know? I'm way, I love that machine still. Oh. Yeah, you know, I have to say, I've, I've said for a long time, I really love the 3DS as a machine, and I'm actually one of the few that really loves stereoscopic 3D. I keep that 3D oh, yes. slider nice. knocked up every time. Yes. Yes, the, all the time. When I was playing any, like, through my Mario and ukulele recently on Switch undocked, uh-huh. I get angry that there's no 3D <laughs> slider because I love playing yeah. portable 3D platformers with the 3D on 3DS spoiled sure. me. It made my depth perception, judging jumps, easier. Because on that small screen, it was like a, a nice, like kind of like uh, handicap for not having a bigger screen. And yeah, you just reminded me of that. I was like, yeah. Switch doesn't have that. So it is frustrating sometimes for me, Oh which yeah, is odd. Straight up. I just did a preview on Game Explain for Mutant Mud's collection. And I mm. love the Mutant Mud series, but immediately you lose that jumping from layer to layer, that awesome 3D effect. Mm. And it's like, it's great that these games are on Switch too. But so the 3DS still, you know, has a special place in my heart. However, I got to say, that's why I'm a little surprised that it actually has been a little hard for me to go back to the 3DS. Like, mm. I mean, I, I play, I didn't get a chance to play Fire Emblem Echoes because I just didn't have time. Sure. But I did play Metroid Samus Returns and I'm, I I'm glad I did. It was a great game, but I really wanted to play it on Switch. As incredible as those 3D effects are, 
I just really, the, going back to, and holding and looking at the 3DS doesn't feel as good anymore. The Switch is so elegant. Mm. It's just such an elegant handheld, and I love that screen, and it, it is, I'm spoiled. I, I have to yeah. say, like, like you know, a perfect, well, we'll get there. I won't, I won't mention another 3DS game. I will get there. But. Um, m- m- mine's a practical complaint. I just didn't want to carry around two handhelds. I already have a nice carrying case yeah. for Switch, and I already have my mobile phone. So carrying a Switch is already like a big undertaking for me. It's like I'm taking an extra thing with me today, but like I want to play that Switch. If I had to bring 3DS with me, it's just like I I want it. It's like uh, in the pecking order, it's like my phone, mm-hmm. Switch, <laughs> yeah. and then 3DS. Uh-huh. And that, it's just it's it's a convenience thing right now. That's all it is. I love the 3DS. It's an amazing system, amazing games on it. But it's now competing for my physical space when I'm traveling or moving around uh, with Switch and my phone. And that's why I just don't understand why Nintendo, I hope at some point, they said they're going to keep supporting 3DS through 2018. Which is good for 3DS owners because there are some people out there who get a little annoyed whenever any of us at EZA suggest Nintendo needs to pull the plug on 3DS and just move everything to Switch. People are like, it's still a good system. I only have a 3DS right now. I haven't got a Switch yet. Like, stop advocating pulling support on systems immediately when a new one comes out some great games come out on systems well after this their successor releases look at ps2 games that came out on ps2 after ps3 yeah it's like uh, it almost always happens yeah yeah, it, almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. it always happens so it's like they i understand that sentiment i'm just advocating for the the, the release of a game on both sure. they don't need to do any kind of special up resing or anything like i will accept the lower fidelity fidelity graphics on the switch of a 3ds port just for the fact that i can play it on my switch on the go and don't have to bring two physical systems with me i'll give you an example of a crazy one okay is and i'm sorry we're not sticking to our timeline uh mario party top 100 yeah that's fine that's where I was that should be on switch yes oh yeah that should be on switch period yeah period oh, yeah. i'm I, I was actively upset that that game was not on switch i'm yeah. like i mean you know i love the 3ds i'm, I'm down for it to be on both but I, yeah. I was talking about it with andre and he and i were both were like we were actively angry like nintendo why isn't I want to play. I'm not going to get three other friends together with their 3DSs to play yeah. Mario Party. We want to play it on the Switch on the TV. Mm-hmm. That was made for that. Oh. Yeah. They must be saving it, right? They must be saving yeah. Mario Party Switch to be a big oh, yeah. Mario they, Party they, 11. They, they, yeah. Nintendo probably knows a little bit better sure. because they know yeah. their lineup. So who knows? Yeah. It's too early to judge that. Um, but that seemed crazy. That was a crazy yeah. one. Um, I, I, I also close out on that, saying that, like, for my part, that I, I think it's still good they're supporting 3DS. Yeah. And we'll get to other games later on it. Sure. But April, it wasn't just Fire Emblem and 3DS. Another game came out, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, at the end of April. And this is a, I think this is an important title because I think prior to the release of this game, there were some people, and I'm going to point to myself, who were a little concerned about, is this just, are they just cash, an easy cash in? Because Mario Kart 8 is easy to, it's like an easy port, mm-hmm. and they didn't have enough of a lineup for their launch window, so they're just throwing this out there. To kind of occupy April to buy themselves more time, um, but I I will admit I always saw the other side of it, and in the end I was completely convinced. Such a great decision to put this out because yeah. one, as we I argued earlier, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't side with this. Wii U didn't sell well, which means Wii U games software was hindered by that smaller install base. So giving the Wii U games a second chance on Switch is a great thing because some of these games, one in my opinion, deserved better sales they would have sold better on any other system and they did enough they added enough to it they bundled everything all the dlc together and stuff all the con and some extra stuff in there as well some tweaks i know people complain about the online functionality at first there were some issues with that but they eventually patched it up and supposedly fixed it 
Um, it was a very good release, I think, for that system. And sales-wise and critical acclaim, kind of agree with that. I didn't remember this being the second month. So now I'm thinking they probably did announce this back in January. Oh, yeah. They did. Okay. Oh, yeah, got it. Somewhere got earlier got in the okay. year. I don't know yeah. if it was at the January event, but it was definitely yeah. like... Because even in the October event, they showed a, a quick clip of... That's uh, what I was thinking. Right. Was or clip. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, whoa, uh, okay. But that's yeah. why everyone's that's guessing, is it a new one sure. or not? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, that was genius. And I think it sold very, very well. It did. Oh, it's the second yeah. best-selling Switch game to date, right wow. behind Breath of the Wild. Until Nintendo releases Odyssey's complete sales data, we don't have online sales or eShop sales yet, so that could not be accurate as now. But as of now, as to best of our knowledge, cool. Mario Kart. Is, yeah. yeah, sure. No, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, uh, great release, and and you really hit the nail on the head. I mean, the Wii U was had such it was so undersold, had such a small audience. But there were some fantastic Wii U exclusives that deserve a bigger audience. Mario Kart 8 being one of them, and you could go down the list. Tokyo Mirage Sessions and and Wonderful 101 and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, the Wii U, there's so many Wii U exclusives that deserve to be played more. Mario Kart 8 obviously was one of them. And I think it even beyond it being you know underplayed on Wii U, I do think that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is one of the best Mario Kart games yet in the series. Just oh, yeah. in terms of pure gameplay, track selection. Mm-hmm. I do wish they had added a couple more single-player cups, like Grand Prix cups for... I remember being very disappointed that it was only battle mode and no new Grand Prix oh, Crups, uh, Cups. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, that, that was disappointing. But otherwise, I think it was a great, fully-featured release that really patched the major gaping wound from Mario Kart 8, which was the battle mode. Yeah, that, that original not-great battle mode on <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, yeah. yeah, at this point, like I, I do think Mario Kart 8 is near the top of my pecking order for best Mario Karts. Like, the only thing... This is such a big aside. Like, like what could we do to Mario Kart to make it better? Uh, Mario Kart uh, DS's... Uh, challenge stuff, oh, mission yeah. boss battle, yeah, the yeah. mission mode stuff. I would love to see that come back someday, but they, you know, maybe they're saving it for you know Mario Kart Nine or whatever they got they got going. Mm-hmm. Eight, eight is very good without it; it doesn't need it. But if they're looking for someone to improve, I'd love to see that. Um, after eight's release, I would say that I I had some small concerns still about whether or not they were going to try. Uh, well, part of me thought it'd be genius every now and then if it was not used, if it wasn't overindulged. Uh, Wii, the Wii U port stuff. Because uh, I think at this point, or at least by E3, we knew there were more coming. There was uh, Pokin. Uh, we, mm-hmm. I forget when we found out that Pokin Tournament DX was coming out and be coming out in the fall. Uh, that I was like, okay, that's an interesting one, but I guess they really that one didn't sell very well in Wii U, but Nintendo still support, like pushing for it in eSports a bit makes sense. And I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because I think it's a good place to talk about this as well. Uh, at the Game Awards, they announced uh, Bayonetta yeah. uh, 1 and 2. Yeah, yeah. Which, specific, uh, well, specifically 2, really needed to come. I was like, that game needs to come out on Switch because there's been a long time, long running rumor that something from Platinum, because even Platinum themselves teased the stuff about, oh, something's coming. Uh, Bayonetta 2 deserves like better sales and needs to be played by more people. Uh, I, I remember the initial reaction. I was like, oh, it's going to Wii U. That's it. I hate you. <laughs> Why is it not coming? They didn't need to port it. Yeah. But one and two on Switch, I, I, I already said at some point, I forget what might have been on the podcast, Kyle, the most recent one. Hmm. I thought I said those will be the best selling versions of those games. Two won't even be, won't even be close. It's going right. to sell well, well better. But one, I think, will probably sell the best on Switch, even better than the Steam versions uh, that sold pretty well recently when that was re released. But obviously, three coming out. So I think. To get back to my argument, I think it's okay to go back to certain Wii U games like sparingly. And that's it, what it was yeah. all year long. And, yeah, it was sparingly. And, and, and that point, is yeah. what they seemed to be doing so yeah. far. Yeah. I think the concern was it might be a crutch. 
for that system because they're like oh we you didn't do well let's just put everything on switch immediately and get them give them a second chance which is not what they're doing yeah so, well yeah. and you know mario maker's coming like we oh, we yeah. know there's a there's I a completely that. refreshed mario maker oh, yeah. coming to the switch specifically for it. you know they got to be working on that and then of course we don't know exactly what form smash 5 is going to take oh, yeah. yet but you know it's that's coming and that's probably going to have at least hopefully most of the roster from smash 4 and you know at least get people again that was an underplayed smash game because on the wii u and in my opinion the best smash game so get that incredible mm. roster in front of the switch's huge audience you get that ma- that many more people getting cloud getting to play cloud versus Mega Man versus whoever mm-hmm. and in a smash game Def- like yeah i yeah definitely agree with all that um so but uh yeah i i think they've done they've done it tastefully sure is the, the the way i want to put it yeah um so th- that's nothing another another checkbox on the things they're doing right there um Moving into May, I'm sorry if I've skipped anything, but May for me, the release that drew my attention was Ultra Street Fighter 2 from Capcom. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Because, no, this is actually important. Okay. Yeah. So there was some people like, okay, whoop de doo this is the extent of Capcom's support. Yes. Another ulti- a port of Street Fighter 2, <laughs> and it's supposedly the ultimate edition, but and it's got a gimmicky throw Hadouken mode or whatever. <laughs> Which was awful. Uh, yeah. yeah. But here's the thing. Even Capcom was surprised by this. When all when the dust cleared after its release, after everyone bashed it in reviews and stuff, saying "eh, what a waste of time" or something, or you can, and waste of money, it was expensive too. Yeah, yeah, the price forty bucks. Yeah, but even yeah. with that forty dollars price tag, Ultra Street Fighter Two sold very well. Yeah, yeah. And Capcom's like, wait a second, <laughs> why is this selling so well? In fact, I may be wrong, and uh, viewers correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I read recently when Infinite's sales came out that apparently in the U.S. Ultra Street Fighter 2 is, is sold better. Or somewhere, Ultra Street Fighter 2, some territory, Ultra Street Fighter 2 has sold better than Infinite. Oh, no. Which yeah. is like, to Capcom, it's got to be like, oh, yeah. really? Might have been Japan where it, it got outsold by Ultra Street Fighter 2. Sure. Anyway, this woke, Capcom got woke up by this. <laughs> this started a chain of events where with the continuing, continual, continual success of Switch throughout the year, Capcom, as well as other third parties, like, yo, uh, we it was okay let's let's be real here third party publishers were totally within their their rights and were smart yeah to be a little hesitant about supporting switch out of the gate sure a they little get, hesitant a yeah, lot of hesitant burnt on wii u hard burnt on wii u hard we there was a good amount of support initially but not a lot of it translated into like big sales so even when a system sells well it's like eh. but i think the sales data for the software was the final like the, the that was the, the the point the boiling point the catalyst for okay that's the sign we we're looking for greenlit stuff to start coming on switch ports or original titles mm-hmm. and you're starting to see that in more through the year now i actually want to toss yeah. one in here that i think is really interesting sure. it was a launch title of bomberman r oh yeah oh yeah there's this idea of like a really just kind of low budget konami Bomberman game selling so well. They continue to support that as well, which is crazy. Uh, yeah. That, I think, is a really, really interesting story, actually, in that uh, Konami obviously wasn't making a lot of Bomberman games that were huge successes, but because it was a launch title, because people were willing to play new games on Switch, that game actually really sold very well, and Konami was rewarded for being in there on day one. Yeah. 
I'm actually glad you brought up Ultra Street Fighter 2 because I found that to be an interesting release as well. I did the review on Game Explain, and we were shocked by the numbers that review did. It was like one of our most watched reviews. Really? So there like, was just a lot of interest. Just I a guess. lot of interest, and like, and for Ultra Street Fighter 2, where even mm-hmm. the two new characters were just evil Ryu and Violent Ken, <laughs> yeah. who had been, you know, they, yeah. they'd been in other games before, and they're just Ryu and Ken again. So, like, there was a a surprising amount of interest in that game. And I'm glad you brought up the whole thing about, you know, Capcom reacting because, you know, and you might already know, I'm like a giant Mega Man fan. And there were a lot of angry fans giving Capcom a lot of crap for Legacy Collection 1 and 2 not initially being announced for Switch. And I'm feeling a little vindicated here because I'm like, guys... They didn't have Switch dev kits when Legacy One, uh, Legacy Collection One was in development, and they were only now figuring out what the Switch was actually doing well during two. Like, give them time to react and fast forward to December, and of course, they did. Yeah, yeah. It's just like get these companies need time to, re- to exactly. react, and they got burned on Wii U. Why? I if I was in charge of Capcom's purse strings, I wouldn't have supported Switch out of the gate either. Yeah. Like, why would you? It, it, it Switch needed to prove itself. Not just, like, yeah. it could sell out mood along units, but that third-party software could go move on that. And it wasn't just Mega Man collection. Like, even the, the Disney Afternoon collection was absent from Switch. I right. was like, oh, oh yeah. uh, that, was that made so much sense. And that's something that's still absent. I hope they get around to doing something about that. That Yeah, well, um, well, yeah that, that would make sense. Yeah. I don't know if that will happen at this point, but yeah. we'll see. But, yes, as you alluded to, or you pointed out, I, jumping to the end of the year... Capcom announced Mega Man 11 coming to all the platforms, pretty much, including Switch. Yeah, like that's the I think that's their first new announced title that like, is def, like it's on Switch day and date. With everything also else. Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection, they just announced and 30th Anniversary at, at the yeah. Capcom Cup uh, as well. Those I, those two versions will probably be the best selling versions. Mega Man 11 definitely will. I'm saying oh, now, yeah. Mega Man 11 will sell the best on Switch. On Switch. Mega Man 11 so. will sell the best on Switch. No doubt, Mega Man 11. Really? Will. Street Fighter make, well, will not. I'm close. No, I, I'll take Street, Street Fighter. Street Fighter, but, uh, might, if they can get a good... There is already the Hori stick. That, yeah. Uh, Hori stick. If they can get... Yeah. If the, the major stick makers can get good controllers and sticks yeah. on Street Fighter in time, mm-hmm. possibly. Yeah. But it will... If it's not the top selling... PlayStation 4 might be the best-selling version of it. For the Street Fighter collection. For Street Fighter, yeah. Switch will be two. Yeah. Switch will be right behind yeah, it. They will be vying for that top spot. Wow. You know, I think you're right, actually. I agree. I was willing to say that's crazy, but I think you're right. Mega Man 11 is absolutely yeah, going to sell best on like, Switch, they, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nintendo huh. needs to, like, push some, like, even though I want to throw some exclusives at Capcom for, like, that or something, it would be, like, Amiibo. Like, Amiibo. Yep, yeah. I, I don't want to talk right. too much about Your Mega Man right. Amiibo will work Amiibo was a good yeah. storyline for, for sure. 2017. That's true. Hard to find. Nintendo really needs to work on getting... Uh, but recently, though, a lot of them have come back in stock. So yeah, sounds like Nintendo finally, or at least in some regards, is starting to restock them and realizing that, hey, uh, they're the last ones left because all the other Toys of Life stuff are shut <laughs> down now. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, the, they're the last one standing. So yeah. hopefully they're like, oh, people like Amiibo. We're doing something right. Make more. Yeah. Um, Anyway, moving along, uh, third-party storyline will be important through the rest of the year. But that was like, yeah, Ultra Street Fighter was the first big, uh, I think, release that pointed towards what was going to happen with the Switch. But come June, we had a little event called E3 that happened. Yeah. Another event that we'd be looking forward to for both new Switch news and possible third-party stuff. E3 for me, for Nintendo Switch, there's a lot of news, a lot of stuff. uh, But looking back on it now... It was the Super Mario Odyssey show. As in, 
everyone wanted to play that game. Mm-hmm. That trailer was amazing. The hat trailer. The hat yeah. trailer. Yeah. Holy sure crap. <laughs> um, yeah. The booth they had set up was completely like New Dog City. Welcome to New Dog City. Oh, great booth. So many. Yep. It was just like a They hired house. Disney people to make that booth. Oh, yeah, they Did definitely they? hired oh, Disney people. Yeah, yeah, like Bob Iger like, was like personally <laughs> contacted by, yeah. by Miyamoto, <laughs> er, by Koizumi, sorry. Yeah. And I was like, we want to make this happen. Yeah. And they're like, sure, we'll get our best Disney Imagineers on the project right away. Mm-hmm. And that Cappy trailer was also the first time the world heard Jump Up Superstar, which yes. was the oh, yeah. first theme song. Yeah, and like you'd never heard something like that in a Mario game before. Like you would never associated like a jazzy vocal theme. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, you get this just like just little just drop that. Oh, by the way, it's Mayor Pauline singing yeah. it. Like yes. what mm-hmm. is going on here? That was such a great trailer. The way they just it was almost like a re-reveal yeah. of Mario Odyssey, and it was. It, it absolutely set the tone for Nintendo's E3. It, it was so good. It showed the like a great amount of creativity that Nintendo still could do yeah. something that shocked, like in a good way, shocked us and and dazzled us. But at the same time, it just looked so fun. It felt like Nintendo was having a good time, mm-hmm. just having fun for 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 once in a while. But that wasn't even the only thing that came out of E3. Let's go down the list here. Um, we talked about it a little bit earlier, so let's get this one out of the way. Uh. Metroid Samus Returns was announced. It's like, whoa, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's what was going on, maybe. Like, we'll get into it when we get to the release, but they announced a, basically a remake of the Game Boy Advance, not Game Boy Advance, Metroid 2 Samus Returns for, a Return of Samus for Game Boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, I got that all wrong, but I corrected myself in the end. And then Metroid Prime 4 teased. Yeah. Finally. I mean, it was just a logo with some music, but yeah. it's coming. It's coming. Uh, Pokemon Switch was confirmed. I think Kyle, you were like, that was the worst reveal because it's a guy. It was just yeah. a, um, uh, uh, Junichi Matsuda. Or Masuda, Masuda, yeah. Or yeah. I think it was actually the was other. It, or, it was, yeah, who I can't was remember it? his name. I can't remember. Yeah, I know who you were talking about. I don't about, think it though. was. It wasn't Masuda. Yeah. No, it wasn't. But the original there... guy, Satoshi something? <sighs> no, so it wasn't bad. Satoshi Tajidi, I don't think. Okay. <sighs> yeah, like, it's on. Yeah, I don't. I, but I know who you're talking because I, I interviewed Masuda and him mm. for Sun and Moon. Oh, cool. He's like the director of the Pokemon. Yes. I can't remember his name, I'm and I feel awful. Gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm, we're gonna get. I'll look it up. We're gonna get roasted, Kyle, unless you rook it up. Anyway, uh, I was just like in his office. Like, yeah, we're working on it. It's gonna take some time. And it was like basically maybe 2018 could be later. He said like a year, maybe longer. Right. At the least. Well, and I I think I remember in context, the reason they did that was, or at least the reason I think they did that was a knee-jerk reaction to what was considered a very poor, tepid response to, I think it was the initial Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon reveal. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I realized that happened like the week before. It was Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon and Pokken DX. And people thought it was going to be Pokken Stars. It was like in the May or beginning of June they did that direct. Yep. And they were like, that was when the rumors about Pokemon Stars had been making the rounds. Yeah, it was like like critical mass. Like, oh, it's happening at E3. And they're like, and then it didn't. <laughs> and then and it, like yeah. the rumor now is like uh, the more evolved rumor now is that the de- the stars, moon stars, or whatever, whatever Pokemon stars was just a tech demo of Ultra Moon and Sun running on Switch. But that was just like a proof of concept that the the what they're talking about now is like a more like radical Pokemon or like a console Pokemon. Right. That uh-huh. won't be an Alola. That'll yeah, yeah, be yeah. a yeah. whole new. Okay. What do you got for Scal? Shigeru Omori. Omori. Omori right. Yep. Yes. That exactly. Okay. Um. Another the heavy hitters keep coming out. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles two trailer, which confirmed it's coming out in twenty seventeen. It's like, hey, we promised this; it's happening. Uh, <laughs> I still didn't believe no one, that. I didn't either. Did. No That's one. So did. I, I, was, yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like, there's still time for that release date to slip. Yeah, it wasn't confirmed to that uh, that direct later in the year. Um, uh, but Mario 
and rabbits at Ubisoft's event. Oh my goodness! Because this yeah. was yeah. this was a huge. This had been rumored and leaked like in, like basically May. Everything came out like the images came out, the marketing slides came out. Like we, everyone knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. But I think the problem was, and this is the one the one time I was just like completely in support of Jones. Brandon Jones loves to say that no game should ever be spoiled. The reveal should always be done by the company on their time, on the, on their terms. The, he hates leaks. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this is the one one of the few times I sided with him because, in the end, because those slides and everything made it sound like a terrible idea. The, yeah. Like, the stuff about the humor and the characters. Like, I should... You should... Basically, you should know better. If you ever read something from marketing people, no, they usually write stuff in a way that appeals the most to corporate people, but never to fans. It's not sure. written for consumers and fans. It's written to get people who are higher-ups and executives excited about stuff, and they use a lot of lingo and jargon that don't excite consumers and fans. Yeah. Anyway, its reveal at Ubisoft was a huge yeah. positive stroke for Nintendo and the Switch, because having Miyamoto come out on stage... Uh, on there to basically with a with the little rabbit gun or whatever the very was gun he came out with he came out with a gun I was like isn't isn't the old thing about Miyamoto hates guns or something this was a hand cannon jo- yeah, very, different. Hand cannon, very yeah. different <laughs> and the game looked amazing that's the thing uh, uh, Yves Gamot right or am I getting that yeah yeah right? he was yeah. out there too he was out there too such yeah. a great moment and then they pointed to one of the developers from uh, uh, Milan uh, Ubisoft Milan right mm-hmm. uh, right the team was working on that the was game. working on it yeah. and one of the lead developers. And he was almost like breaking down in tears, thinking yeah. that goes, this was something I... You could tell, at that moment, you could tell this wasn't a joke. Like, this wasn't a bad game. Yeah. They were putting effort into it. Everything looked great. And I think that was, like, one of the most important things actually coming out of E3. Because that was technically a third-party title, a big AAA third-party title. And Nintendo was actually licensing out their IP to them and letting them have full, pretty much, control over it. It was one of the... It was like a signal that Nintendo was willing to take risk with their own IP by letting other companies work on it. And they technically did that before, but this one is like, this works. They get it. It was such a good thing. And what's, what's strange is on paper, it it was not. Like yeah. on paper, you yeah. would think, how the hell is Marion Rabbids not going to be anything but a dumpster fire? Yes. And then and then it comes out. And it's like, everyone's like, whoa, this game's great. And you can tell that the, the, so much love went into the game. And I, I mean, I think we were all pretty much in agreement that there's no way a Mario and Rabbids game should be like, I'm not a Rabbids fan at all. Like, who nope. cares? Yeah. Like, yeah. Who cares? No. But then it came out, and it was yeah. like you got Rabbid Peach taking selfies, and I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Yeah. And it's like, wow, they did it. Okay, Ra- Mario and Rabbids. Yeah, like, uh, when we get into the race, I'll, I'll talk more about why I think the game was actually good and worked, but, like, this is an announcement. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, everything about this was right, and did, please just remember this as a, a moment. Like, if you ever think something, yeah, something on paper sounds horrible, there's... Keep that doubt in the back of your mind, and that that piece of evidence you have is Mario plus Mario and Rabbits. Just remember Mario and Rabbits to be like that was the one time, and it was a big time, a huge, huge, huge mark for for basically. Wait till you see it. You know, don't judge a yeah. book by its cover. Plus, uh, go ahead. Oh, so I gotta say they they made the perfect decision in getting Grant Kirkhope to do the music. Oh yes, perfect choice for that. His yes. style yeah. was absolutely the perfect choice for that game. Mm-hmm. It was Kirkhope his- and. Uh, who else? Uh, was there? Some, was there someone? I thought it was just Kirkhope. Uh, I thought one of two of the songs because Ubisoft the uh, the Donkey Kong theme and uh, the Donkey Kong song that plays during the Donkey Kong boss battle oh, and something okay. else were not his. I think the opera. I don't know if it was the opera. I don't think it was, it was David Wise, right? I don't think no, they collaborated on. I'm trying. I just was trying to give credit where credit was due. Yeah. But but yes, uh, Kirkhope's 
wow. Yeah. You can really hear because yeah. actually, I'm pretty sure Coco Kirkhope wrote, wrote the opera too. Actually, in the oh yeah, oh, okay. I'm pretty, it's yeah. not the opera song I'm thinking about. Okay. I'm trying to remember the embargo information because Ubisoft pointed out two songs like oh that you couldn't we can't, like, oh, we can't help you out if you use those gotcha. because they might get flagged. Like they were basically in the, someone Nintendo did them. Sure, it was Nintendo's it. end. Um, okay, but anyway, yeah, like fantastic. I, I even felt like the soundtrack. I don't get like. I'll, I'll save it for, for when it comes out or sure. when we get to August. It's coming up soon. Um, was there anything else from E3 that surprised either? Yeah, that's pretty much what I jotted down um, before we move on to the next big title, which came out the same week as E3. <laughs> which is what? ARMS. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. ARMS came out during E3 Blitz. I was lost That there, Friday. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Came out that Friday after E3. ARMS, a fighting game, which is a brand new IP for Nintendo. So very early on in Switch's life, we're getting a brand new IP. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I will say, like, the, we played it, the only time I really played it was on our group stream, the tournament. Yeah. yeah. And I had fun. I had a blast playing it. I felt like I, it after one match, I fought Huber first and he obliterated me. But, like, even in that match, I was able to pick up, I was like, I get how to play this now. Took me one match to get it. Mm-hmm. Next match, I was like, I, I, I get all the mechanics now. And I, I, I like that about it. And I, I felt it was a pretty good effort from them. And I want to say the two biggest takeaways I took from from ARMS, from, from Nintendo, is that uh, they're continuing to support it for free. It's getting con- it's getting new characters and, and balance updates every so often. No more expense to, to the consumer for it. So that means they're doing all the right... That's a very good thing to do to... To show people you believe in this new IP and, to, and help people continue to believe in it and purchase it or hope for a sequel. And uh, I know there are complaints about its longevity in terms of like you personally playing it. Like, oh, I, I played it for a week. I got everything out of it. I'll wait for the new updates. It, it wasn't a very meaty experience. I guess some people were right. was the biggest criticism against it. Um, but I think the it was such a unique experiment with the like the, the arms fighting mechanic. it basically felt like an evolution of the punch out uh series essentially like they took punch out into a 3d arena and, and what if the punches had crazy mechanics like oh remember the bosses had weird mechanics like raging bull and tyson and all of them's like what if we made them cool zany looking cartoon characters and stuff i don't know i always viewed arms that way and i, I felt like a, like almost like a spiritual reinvention or, or evolution of like punch out to me uh, even though it was like that thing in, in place or anything like that, and ultimately it sold actually okay. It yeah, it sold, broke a million. Oh, yeah, it broke a million sales. It did okay. It's probably gonna get a sequel. It most definitely probably will get a sequel. I mean, I think I think the parallels between Arms and, Spl- and Splatoon are pretty obvious. So you can just you know you've got the, oh. the the test punch versus the test fire, and you know, oh, yeah. Splatoon oh, yeah. was to the Wii U. It was Call that it test new IP. That that they were like you know. Yep. On the, on the Wii U, they were trying to pour everything into Splatoon to make it the next big thing, and it caught on. Obviously, Splatoon caught on in a huge way, and that's why they let almost out of the gate with Splatoon 2. And I think they're doing the same thing with ARMS now on the Switch, and they're trying to really push it as one of their new IPs. I don't think it's caught on in quite the same way as Splatoon, but it I also don't... Yeah. It's certainly not a dud either, though. It's caught on in its own way, but it's not the next Splatoon. I mm-hmm. think we can safely oh, yeah. say at this point. But it's, it hasn't, yeah. It's, it, but it's something I think they won't, won't abandon. I think they mm-hmm. might... I would wager if like I had to make my best guess that they're still they probably think there's still a hook missing from that game like the the cat to catch people on a little bit more like it, it's it's pretty solid itself uh, to stand on its own two feet but I think it is missing just one more element that would help it like pick up more steam and it and I think it's earned the right to have a second chance sure uh, yeah. or, or it's not a second chance but a sequel because it it did fine 
Um, like, I won't be surprised if a new Smash Brothers comes out first and there's, you know, at least one arms character in Smash Brothers. Heck yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah it's definitely going to happen. Definitely. Uh, and a Squid Kid. And a Squid Kid. It's got to be in the next Smash. Like, uh, Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. not a new Squid Kid <laughs> in the next one. But, like, I want to say, like, I liked going with the directs because we really haven't talked about any of the actual directs. Yeah. And I'm not really going to get into any of them. But, like, the style of directs this year, I think, got... They did a really good job with a lot of them. Sure, like even yeah. the arms ones, having Biff the announcer doing like the personality behind like the directs and stuff. What's kind of like cool to have that. The fire was fire emblem the early one this year. Or was that late last year? The the one where they had uh, what's his face, the voice actor announced basically all. The oh, fire that was this year. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was actually was, really good. It was like the it big, was. yeah, it was yeah. huge, and like fans went nuts because like oh they love that voice actor. Um, I he, think, yeah, like, I think Nintendo has finally found their, their mojo, their rhythm again with directs mm-hmm. post, you know, after Iwata's yeah, passing. The, yes. I think they finally have found, like, what works for them in a post-Iwata world. And I, I'm glad to see that because, you know, that, God, that 2016, those months following Iwata's passing, it was, you know, Nintendo went silent. They went into kind of hunkering down healing mode and they didn't do any directs. And yeah. it was kind of sad. It was like, man, I kind of miss hearing from them every once in a while with their goofy cheesiness. And, yeah. and I think they've they've now brought a version of that back that works for them it's, without Iwata. Yes. Yeah. And as you said, it works well. They're in, it's in full effect. While we were talking about ARMS, uh, if you want anything else, feel free to, but you, you both were mentioning Splatoon a little bit. Sure. Which happens to be the game that came out the very next month <laughs> oh, in, yeah, in, in July. Yeah. Yeah. Also uh, heavily supported post So Splatoon yeah. 2 yes. got, uh, I think, a, a little bit of a heavier push than ARMS did. They both got decent pushes with directs, mm-hmm. but it was clear that Splatoon was a, it was a we use the term, critical darling on on the Wii U. Oh, sure. And it was a, a, one of the best, probably the best new IP from Nintendo. Was it? I don't know if it was the only one. I'm sorry. No, they're all the... Uh, online games like Dilling's Rolling Western came out during that time. It was on Wii U, but like, right. came out during that era. Right. It was also on 3DS, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Splatoon 2, uh, so a sequel to this breakout game on Wii U. Uh, I think there was some concern because I felt this. I don't know how widespread this was, but going into it, my concern was is this going to be Splatoon 1.5? Is yeah. this going to actually be a real sequel or not? And uh, the other thing I want, I want you guys to touch upon, because I'm going to be honest, I only touched Splatoon 2 during our Groot stream, very little. <laughs> and everyone was like, Dominic clearly does not play shooters. this game. Yep, yep, he yep. is not, this is not the game for him. Yeah. Even though I acknowledge it is a good game. Like, I see the, the positives in it. Yeah. But while you two are talking about Splatoon, I also want to talk about, this also launched alongside the, uh, the Nintendo Online app. Which introduced the, the voice chat oh, for the first yeah. time. Oh, jeez, wow. yeah. Uh, and all that stuff, and in-game purchases and all that, so... Um, ha, yeah, t- Splatoon two. Uh, it sounded like you both think it did better than Arms. You think it? Do you? Do you and it's still continuous. It's still being supported to today. Mm-hmm. Um, how how do you feel about it? Like, I don't want to like like do any leading questions here. Like, how do you feel about it? And uh, do you think the Nintendo Online app? Like, and uh, how do you feel about it initially? And do you think if you still use it, has it gotten any better? Because I have really not touched it since I experimented with it for that one episode of Friend Code where <laughs> oh, we needed yeah. to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Splatoon 2, I, you know, I am not a big Splatoon player myself like you. I, I basically played it for a while. I enjoy it. I just, you know, 
at the end of the day, I have too many other games that I need to or would rather play, you know, whether they're single player games or whatever. You know, my my Nintendo multiplayer game that I will stick with forever is Smash. Like, I will play Smash forever. That is my competitive game. You know, I'll always be playing Smash. But Splatoon, I love it. I love that it exists. I love the people. I love watching competitive Splatoon. I think it's super cool. It is a team shooter as only Nintendo could have envisioned it. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that Nintendo is continuing to support it. I love the Squid Kids. I love the culture of Splatoon. Yeah. I just don't play it a lot just because I'm not good at it. I'm awful at it. I'm always getting just destroyed. And, you know, again, there's just too much to play. And at the end of the day, I've got other things to play. But I think that it's I think it's a great game. And I think that uh, Nintendo did ultimately prove that it was not a Splatoon 1.5. I, I have problems with, with the way the game was launched and rolled out such that, like, the, the Salmon Run thing. I love Salmon Run, but let me play it whenever I oh, want. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. That Even drove Bl- me nuts. Bloodworth, who reviewed it for uh, Splatoon 10. The Splatoon 2 for EZA also I think has he had a hard ex- time getting in yeah, yeah. he's yeah. expressed like some frustration with uh, the that it's a rare or limited time event right but I but I didn't end up feeling like it felt like a Splatoon 1.5 I think it I think there's enough content there especially because they led off with mostly new stages and then are only now introducing Splatoon 1 stages back into the rotation yeah I think because they mostly led with new content um, and, and you, you have Salmon Run plus a new story mode it felt like a sequel to me like a full it, but it's, it's definitely the kind of sequel that's just there's more of this. True. It is because not pushing the envelope. I, I played through the, the campaign again, and it's almost like identical to the first. And not, okay. not in the levels, but in its structure, in its challenges, and it's th- yeah. the the boss you face at the end. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just like blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it, Salmon Run was new, at least. Like, that was a new idea. And, yeah, it does seem like a, a lot was repeated. Uh, we have two... Uh, hosts of the the beginning and every, every time you load up the game, but now they're two different people. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. new things, but not necessarily like a reinvention or a real evolution of it. Um, I do want to say that the, I mean to defend why I didn't really get into it. It wasn't necessarily yeah. like a time thing. There sort of was. I was just intimidated by the multiplayer <laughs> element of yeah. it because I feel like in any multiplayer game, if you don't put a significant time into it, you're just gonna get frustrated. Like you have to start somewhere, and usually you have to start you start at the bottom. So it's a painful lesson in getting better and better in that game. But I will say that what I do lament is they both, Splatoon 1 and 2, have a single-player campaign. And I really do want to jump They're into cool. those at They're some good. Point. They're fun. They're actually yeah, good. I, that, is something yeah. For, yeah. that is something for me, but it's not. I don't think that's worth uh, full price for me. Yeah, so I've always been like waiting for either like a Splatoon 1 2 bundle, which I hope they were going to do. No. But <laughs> I doubt it. Never yeah. knows. Or at the very least, I'm going to wait for maybe Splatoon 2 to go down, be sure. like a, a select or whatever lineup sure. they eventually do for Switch. One thing before we move on real quick that I want to give it credit for, though, is if you're not very good at shooting, if you're not really good at the games, the multiplayer is still fun for you because you can contribute to the team simply by splattering. And that's, and that's, that's something true. I actually like about its design a lot. It's, it's not necessarily just about getting kills. Exactly. That's how that's how I end up competing at, at all in Splatoon because I can't get kills for the life of me most of the time. But you know, I'll stick with a with a gun that's good at inking turf, and I yeah. can you know contribute okay. in that way. And that is really one of the brilliant things about it is that even if you aren't a good traditional first person shooter player or third person shoot any shooter player, you can still you know contribute to your team's success. At least in certain game modes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. That, 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 that's good of them to do that. Yeah. Uh, want to give credit to Splatoon 2 for the uh, trying to preserve as a small snippet of what was so good about Miiverse. The, 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 the oh, drawing sure. messaging stuff. Yeah, yes. Like, everyone's like, oh, there's no Miiverse on Switch. There's actually no online community really yet for it. Yeah. Just the app, which is why I kind of brought it up. But Splatoon 2 knew... 
at least the developers knew like hey the, 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 that element of Miiverse was pretty popular in Splatoon. We need to work it in here. So I want to give yeah. like shout-outs for them at least incorporating that, despite there being no real infrastructure anymore for that, but working in a way as an element of the game that you know fans like and appreciate it. I am yeah. crossing everything I have that for Smash 5, even though the, obviously the Miiverse stage isn't going to come back, but I want them to bring back a stage that it, that serves the same purpose, that that you can post winners and uh, messages and pictures about the winner of the match. I just want a stage based on that because yeah. so many of my best, funniest moments mm. with friends in Smash 4 have been on the Miiverse stage where you just, I mean, so many, I, I, I so much I can say about Miiverse being the Wild West of social media, but just like, it's, it's, it's social media as only Nintendo could have done it, but I just love how they just gave up on moderation somewhere along the way. So when you go <laughs> to play the Miiverse stage in Smash now, it's all sorts of just hilariously inappropriate things. But... There was something about that stage that was just really... I love that com- communal element of people yeah. submitting. And it's just led to so many funny moments that otherwise wouldn't have happened in a regular Smash stage. Yeah. Um, August. I know we're moving on. Mm-hmm. Every month here, new game. August is when... The end of August is when Mario and Rabbids finally did come out. So I ended up reviewing this game for Easy Allies because I'm not I'm not, I'm not really I'm not the biggest strategy fan. In fact, I don't really don't play any strategy games. Faster than light. What? Faster than light. Okay. FTLs, yeah. one exception, and then more strategy RPGs are more my thing. Like oh, Valkyria sure. Chronicles or and Fire Emblem. Fantasy Tactics or yeah. Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. Like I I like those. So XCOM actually wasn't my cup of tea. I tried playing the original XCOM when it came out. Back at Game Trailers, uh, we had extra copies. I brought one home, tried playing it for a bit, uh, played it for a few hours. I was like, uh, I'll stick to Fire Emblem. Like, this really isn't for me. But Mario and Rabbids, it really does, it it does not have any qualms with borrowing from some of the best strategy games out there, including XCOM, which is a lot, a lot of people describe the game as. It's had XCOM-like mechanics with a Mario twist on it. That was like the, the, the catchy line that everyone yeah. was throwing out there. But I do think that twist part helped a lot. It oh, wasn't yeah. the fact that people were like, oh, it's because it had Mario characters in it. Yeah, that helps. That, that that does help some people get into a game. But at the same time, there was we found out that Miyamoto said to the development team, you just can't make it a platformer, whatever you're doing with this game. But there still are jumping mechanics in this game by the bounce mechanic, by bouncing off the, the sliding, the running through, the sliding, and the bouncing, and the getting on the higher levels mechanic of... Mario and Rabbids is great. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I was like, yes, I, I like. I would fail mission or not fail. I would even complete a battle and be like, nope, I'm re- reset, re- go back. <laughs> I, like I didn't get the best ranking. Yeah, but also I those. saw I could have done this a different way. Yeah, and I think the the diversity, even though there's four Mario characters and four Mario Rabbids with Mario pers- like like personas. I think there's a, a, just enough diversity between the play styles of the characters, what they specialize in, that because you can only take three out at a time. Mm-hmm. And you can never have three. This is my only irksome thing. I don't know if this bugged any of you. You can have th- all th- three Mario characters or all three rabbit characters at any time. You had to have a mix. And I think for the whole right. campaign, Mario has to be one of them. I, I, oh, does he? I yeah. forget okay. if that's true. Um, I tried to get him out. And it okay, like... <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll believe that because I didn't actually try that because I actually made Mario pretty powerful. Oh, he, and um, he is. He's oh, a great yeah. party member for sure, yeah. But like, the, like, let's talk. The visuals of that game, I loved how good that game looked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved that. I, 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 there were some parts where I got angry at the camera when it, like, I didn't have enough camera control to see more of the like, environments. It's like, I just want to see this. I was worried at first also how much would be to do in between the fights. 
And as you get further in the game, there's a there's a, quite a bit to do. Going off to try and find hidden stuff, mm-hmm. uh, like like hidden like hidden chest. Uh, I forget what chest. There's the hidden stuff you can find. There are puzzles to either unlock the path forward or unlock secret areas. Always the I can- forgot how much fun those puzzles there are. There were the yeah. can- you can access a cannon that would shoot yeah. you to a different area. Then there were the secret areas yeah. you can come back to each world to find. It had their own like their own stuff, and I was, it was just. It was just right. It felt good, mm-hmm. and I felt it got more. Cha- it did get more challenging as I went along, but I never thought it was ridiculous. Right. I saw some people complain that it was a little too hard for a, like a Mario type game. Like it should have been like a little easier to ease people into strategy games. No, I was like, yeah. I'm not. I didn't find any of that whatsoever. Uh, I felt bas- battles encouraged you to maybe try out some different stuff uh, if you were used to doing something a certain way. Even the skill tree stuff was like. Uh, there's I no like consequence it. Mm-hmm. because it you can instantly reset back. your points yeah, with yeah. no penalty and redo it. And the game's like, try that. Maybe you specced into like all your power and jumps, but this battle, like, you're not gonna be able to do that a lot. So maybe you should respect it into like sliding or running further, so you can actually get more distance. So you can get. I I, I just liked and, and there'd be all those moments, and every strategy game does this. And I loved it in this game too. Where I would try and do something, think I had the perfect solution, and that enemy would like go to that pipe, like, oh shoot, I didn't know it was there, and they run around, get behind you, and they like get they get you, you're like, oh, it's so frustrating, but so good. I'm sad to say that I did not get a chance to play much of Mario and Rabbids. I, it, you know, one of the games that I just, you know, uh, unlike the other game explain guys, it's that that's their full time job, it's not mine, so I have to, you know, really carve more time out for you know for games like that so sure, sure. it was just one of the games that fell through the cracks because i didn't have enough time to play it but everything i've seen of it you know i i'm really impressed with the visuals i've, I've definitely done uh you know watched some in-depth reviews and, and and features on it and i i love the XCOM vibe i love what they did with it and i think again going back to what i said earlier i think it's just surprising that it an, an idea that seems so awful on paper ended up not being just fine but like it really excelled yes it's, yeah, I think there's no way this is the last Ubisoft developed in Nintendo oh. game. Oh no way! Not yeah. even the last Ubisoft developed Nintendo game. There's def- there could be a sequel to this game. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Right. Oh, probably. Because yeah. I think this is tech. This is now the best selling. This is the best selling technical third party Switch game, I believe. Wow. Oh, it's wow. Not, because it's not first party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it did surpass Bomberman, which was initially like. Really, and, and Bomberman like, was up there too. Remember, wow. it was like half Surprise. a million or something uh, by by some point. I yeah. thought. Because uh, Rabbids was still charting as of like last month, it's, it, it, I think it's dropped. It, as we'll get sure. to the numbers at the end of this for MPD, it did drop off eventually, but it they all said it sold pretty well. It's like it sold like what very good. So nice. I said very well and very good. So <laughs> just broke the rule there. Uh, I yeah, basically in a nutshell, there's got to be a sequel. This has to be a sequel. There's so many different things they can do with the sequel. There, there's so much potential for growth with this type of game. Yep. And as you mentioned, Ash, the, the soundtrack for this game. Yes. Really good. For those of you who are wondering, is definitely in consideration for our goatee. It was on the list. It was definitely on that list. It was on the list board we're sending out. I don't out. think we're making that public yet, that kind of thing. Okay. But I, I can say that. Uh, no, whatever. <laughs> we, can, say, yeah. we can say the one <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can say one game that's on the <laughs> list. There's your there's your little uh, your little inside information for yep. this episode. But come on, it gets good enough. Like it was yeah. definitely going to be considered. Like it's not a shocker there. Yeah, there was one other game that came out in August that I have to call out. Super okay. important game. One of my favorites of the year. And uh, again, you could 
a lot of what you just said about Mario and Rabbids, you could say about this. I can't wait to see what they do with the sequel, and it had one of the best soundtracks of the year, and that is Sonic Mania. Oh, yeah. Oh, one of geez, my yeah. favorite games of the year. Oh, yes. Great pick. Incredible. And, and actually, I'll go out right out and say it. Uh, T. Lopes' soundtrack for Sonic Mania is my soundtrack of the year. It's a good and pick. It, yeah. That's a real legit a soundtrack, pick, yeah. In a year full of incredible soundtracks, like, again, near Automata, Mario Odyssey, Horizon, Sonic Mania. That soundtrack just is on a different level. Cool. I, yeah. I love that game. And for, yeah, I completely forgot about it. I guess it was a multi-platform. Multi <laughs> yeah, it's not specifically Nintendo. Uh, and it, yeah. I, I think it was the only version that didn't run at 60 frames, I think. Was oh, no, it, it, it did. did. It just had a few glitches. Oh, there, okay, there was like a home okay. menu glitch, but it totally ran fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, but it was really, yeah, it was really good. Really yeah. Good. On a Switch. Another Sega supporting. Sega definitely supporting yes. Switch. Do we uh, think this is another example where that's the best-selling platform? A Sonic Mania? Yeah. I think so. I have a feeling... Sonic Mania I don't sales know, already though. made public. I forget. But I don't remember. I feel like it would be. Uh, sure. well, f well, here's the bad news. Forces came out last month, right? It should have been in November NPD, <laughs> it right? It did, yeah. It's not anywhere in the NPD. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Even yeah, on yeah, Switch, yeah. Forces no, no, no. didn't chart. It's a pretty meh game, so, so I don't I know. Why. Yeah, but I mean, Sega still put it Forces on Switch. I'm going to try to find the Mania breakdown. Go oh, ahead. Okay. And then uh, also, like, Looking ahead to the future, real quick. Val Valkyria Four, yeah, also coming to Switch. Also coming to Switch. Uh, I think yeah. it's going to be slightly delayed. At least in Japan, it's not coming out day and date with uh, right. the other versions. But we don't know about the Western release yet. Um, if I'm wrong, correct me on that. Uh, but yeah, definitely Sonic. Yeah, Sonic Mania was yeah. a big deal. Uh, September, moving into September, uh, Samus Returns. We, we we did talk about this earlier. Um, I, I, I mean, again, it's a remake of Metroid to Return of Samus for the Game Boy. I think here is where I think there was some tension and, and anxiety about this game uh, that we really hit upon about E3. It's being, it was being developed by Mercury Steam, who, mm -hmm. if everyone was pointing out, made a really bad 3DS Castlevania game that wasn't well received. And this is another same style visually of 3DS Metroid game. I was like, wait, what? You're trusting them to do this one. Like, and Castlevania and Metroid get compared a lot. They're very yeah. analogous to each other. So yeah. there was some concern there. And then there was the the, the elephant in the room, as usual. Uh, there was another version of Metroid 2, a fan project, uh, another Metroid 2 remake, which got a cease and desist earlier. Uh, and everyone was like, oh, it just got too big. Everyone, like, Nintendo finally found out about it. They, they had to do something about it because you have to protect their IP, blah, blah, blah. And now they're like, wait, there is an actual Nintendo-made Metroid 2 remake coming out. So, obviously, they let the comparisons begin. So, you had Mercury Steam, which people, fans didn't have faith in, or some people didn't have faith in. And the fact that another version, which a, a sprite-based version of a Metroid 2 remake was out there that was getting a, quite a bit of praise from the people who ended up playing it. Even some of the bigger blogs covered it and said it was pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. So, everyone's like, this game has... There's a lot, you know, the working, you know, it has to work against. But anyway, it comes out. It's actually pretty good. You know, it's different. Yeah. It's, it's for anyone who did play uh, another Metroid Two remake. They're different. It is different, and it's very different from the original Metroid. You have three versions now. Yeah. One that you really shouldn't be playing is not official. So, uh, you know, the Game Boy I'm just version, like, that's yeah. as much acknowledgement <laughs> I'll give it. I, I love that fan game, but I'm gonna end it there. You now have two official versions that are very different from each other and offer very unique takes on on that game, and I think it, again it's so, it actually did sell pretty well. It did chart uh, as uh, it did chart and sold well, and 3ds 3ds sales that month were pretty good as well. Another so later in the year, once again, we're seeing a sign that 3ds is still going strong. 
make Nintendo is right to keep supporting the 3DS. So just backing that up. Um, I, I've seen some. I've seen some of the complaints about the game. It reviewed pretty well, mm-hmm. uh, but wasn't really in like the, the like the nine out of ten range. In the end, it was like more in the eight out of ten range is where it settled at, I believe. Um, I, I saw some concerns over the like the visual style of it. I saw some complaints there. I saw some complaints about the three sixty. Uh, aiming with the, the the analog. What that rules? Who complains I loved about it. that? I, yeah. I, I I actually like that as well. <laughs> yeah. it, it took me like five seconds to get used to. It. I was like, oh, it's gonna be like this. It's really cool. Um, yeah. so uh, I know some people complain it might have been a little too difficult. Some of the bosses, I was like, well, that's Metroid. Like, first time a boss should be challenging. They're definitely ammo eater bosses, though. Oh, they yeah, are. Where I mean, they just like kind of been a staple. Of Metroid it's a Super Pro. Metroid thing, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 It, it's been a staple of that. Uh. There's the the narrative stuff. I, I I'm not. I'm personally not too terribly invested in the the lore of Metroid. I, I I know of it. I acknowledge it. I enjoy it. Yeah. But there was a part of the ending that was apparently the midichlorians moment for for the Metroid series about the the, the creation of the Metroids, how they came to be and stuff. Well, I'm actually yeah. curious. I I have gotten to uh, the end of the game. It's not, I'm not oh, worried about spoilers, okay. but oh, okay. but it's okay. But I mean, I have actually gotten to the end of the game, and that sounds. Yeah, I mean, basically, in a nutshell, okay. I believe. It, and again, I'm always saying this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the 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 Chozo uh, made the bio bio uh, engineered Metroids to counter. The parasite stuff, the ex-parasite uh, yeah, the ex-parasite. Yeah. Uh, they were like basically engin- perfectly engineered to destroy it and counter it. But then you know they they basically also started wiping out everything <laughs> on the planet as well. Yeah, but it's weird how that's told. It's not told through the game. It's told yeah. through those slides you unlock for 100 percent of yes. the game, right? Yes. And, and it's only kind of implied too in a weird way. Yeah, you kind of like have to assemble that yourself. Uh, I, I definitely want to get your, your your thoughts on this as well. The last thing I just want to say on my end is uh, this game also got criticized for the amiibo support. Uh, yeah. you had to only certain stuff was unlocked to amiibos. Plus, on top of that, you had to beat the game, uh, including the hardest difficulty, fusion mode. There is a hard mode you can unlock once you beat the game, mm-hmm. but fusion mode, which is the hardest difficulty, is locked behind an amiibo. And so. you get the cool fusion suit, right? I I think you do. I think yes. you get the fusion suit. Yeah, yeah, I believe you do. I tried it out for it's on the stream. I, I don't actually need yeah. stream. I just played it anyway. Uh, yeah. So it I feel is mostly good, but it had. Some like some like some hangups and then the amiibo stuff again. But yeah, how, do yeah. you, how do you guys feel about it? Um, I I liked Samus Returns. Of course, like I guess that I haven't finished it. It's I don't know. It's it's a weird game where like I like it, but I think it is definitely hamstrung by the fact that it is a remake of what I consider to be the worst Metroid game. It's just you know you, it's still Metroid Two. Uh, you know, and it's I, I think the boss fights get a little samey after a while. You know, you're fighting the same three or four versions of Metroid throughout the oh, game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and I had just gotten done playing Axiom Verge. I, I was reviewing the Switch version of Axiom Verge, which has awesome oh, yes. boss fights. And it's just an awesome game in general. So, unfortunately, I was kind of left to, you know, kind of compare Axiom Verge to Samus Returns. And not only that, I got to say, this this might be unpopular, but I don't think uh, I don't think Metroid Samus Returns is the best Metroid-like game that came out in September. I also played <laughs> SteamWorld Dig 2 that oh, month. Oh, yeah. And I played SteamWorld Dig 2 about oh, yeah. And that game, yeah, I, I got to say, that game completely overshadowed Samus Returns for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it completely overshadowed it, which is why I haven't gone back and finished it, because I just, other games came out. And, yeah. and I mean, yeah, Samus Returns is great. I, I particularly love the 360-degree aiming mode. I love the way Samus moves in that game. I think her character animation is yeah. fantastic mm-hmm. in Really good game. stuff, yeah. And again, I gotta shout out the stereoscopic 3D. Yes. Some of the best on the system, bar none. 
Especially, I had to play yeah. that game in 3D. Yeah. I got cool. it, I, it was annoying to play that game in 2D for some reason. Because <laughs> yeah. of the layers and stuff. Oh, it sure, like, yeah. just worked much better in 3D. Yeah. For me. And especially yeah. if you're playing like in a dark room and all you see is the yes! screen, it's even cooler. Oh, and it's so good. But then you know, then you have the other things like it just felt like the, the world the, like the, the the different areas weren't as memorable you know get you know, instead of uh, criteria and meridia you have area two and area four and you had the same mm-hmm. boss fights throughout the game mostly and just so you know not my favorite metroid game but I, an experience i still enjoyed but just completely overshadowed by both steam world dig 2 and axiom verse for me to be honest all right yeah and i've, I've said this many times i don't know if i've said this many times before but I, I, this is how i feel um even though it's unofficial i do think the the fan remake was very, very good and better than, yeah. than, than this. But, I didn't get to play a lot of it, but I want to go back and, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, again, still showed 3DS has some chops left. But September, September also saw the release of something pretty big, something huge. End of the month on September 29th. Oh. After being announced earlier in the year, struck the fear in a lot of, uh, a lot of fans' hearts that it'd be a repeat of history. Super Nintendo Classic launched. Oh, yep. I was could not think of this. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, yeah. I was like, "Why do you see how long college?" Yeah, like, yeah, hey, it took me close. the whole time, man. Yeah. Twenty-one Super Nintendo yeah. games for I believe seventy-nine was the price point, eighty dollars. Uh, big deal because it was the first time the official release of Star Fox Two. Yep. Uh, outside of the the, the, the dumped and com- fan completed ROMs. Um, so here's this thing: NES Classic came out uh, bef- uh, last year, twenty sixteen. And it, uh, Nintendo, it was pretty clear at this point, Nintendo underestimated how well it was going to sell. Yes. And marketplace disconnect. Pretty much mm-hmm. once it was sold out, you could not find it again. It was, in, you had to go to secondhand yeah. markets for it, mm-hmm. and it was done. This time around, there was a little bit of a debacle with the pre order. There was like the false start initially, yeah. some canceled pre orders. <laughs> like that kind of worried some people. But in the end, I feel like if you were seeking out a pre order and putting some effort into it, you probably got one. People were actually able to walk into stores that morning and, and line up and get it without uh, without too much uh, – pretty good success rate, basically. And very few people saying, I lined up, I didn't get one. And I want to say I see more updates from Mario 64 going out that SAS Classic yeah. is back, <laughs> back, back in stock. Mm-hmm. Like – Almost every month, I see at least one or two. I never saw anything like that with NES Classic. So yeah. I just want to say, even though it still sells out, it's still somewhat hard to get. Nintendo did, to an extent, live up to its promise that they, they're they continually releasing it. Kind of like the Switch eventually. They got more supply for it. And I think, overall, it was an easier and better experience with the pre-order. I do still want to call out Amazon and Walmart for their failures. Because, Kyle, you were affected by Amazon yeah. as well, right? Uh, yeah, just in that I didn't get it launch day. Yeah, like okay. yeah. yeah, there was some trouble with that in Walmart. Like the people Walmart were, straight up canceled my pre-order. Yeah. Yeah. Walmart yeah. I told about like you were still weren't you a little bit worried that you might not get it cuz they weren't communicating at first. Right. They're like silent unless you went to a customer service agent. Well, it was the freakiest thing with Amazon. I pre-ordered an, an item with no image or really accurate description. Yeah, cause And I, that ended I up being that. my oh. Super Nintendo Classic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I got to say, I was able to pre-order an, uh, an SNES Classic at Best Buy uh, that night, uh, and I, I was able to walk in and get mine no problem. It, and, nice. And I guarantee you, go back and listen, Andre and Derek and I all talked all sorts of smack about, like, there's no way Nintendo, they say that, it's good PR <laughs> nonsense, but they're just going to totally, you know, just not launch it well again. And no, they, they proved us all wrong. They actually have kept it in stock mostly, not perfectly, as you said, but... 
I haven't heard as many people uh, having trouble finding it yeah. uh, like I did the NES Classic, and that does give me give me faith that yep. their promised NES Classic reissue or their reshipment yeah, is actually yep. going to happen and, and deliver on the on what they say it will. And so. uh, and of course, there's all the rumors about what the next one will be, whether it's Game Boy or N64. I think so it's Game Boy. Control, control panel. I have faith. Game in those Boy as was well. trademarked, right? Was it? No, I think N64 actually. It was N64 oh, okay. controller. They re-upped the patent for it yeah. because it. they it indicated that they had intent to make it in in, in like in soon. Yes, within a certain time window. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just have a feeling it's going to be Game Boy. I don't know why. I can't N64 point to any seems, specific. So we we had a whole episode about this, but in a nutshell, <laughs> N64 seems like it would be way more expensive to cost to consumers oh, yeah. and harder to get the lineup that people really want on that system. Whereas Game Boy seems like it'd be cheaper to do. They probably can more easily get a bunch of the classics on there. Are you imagining it's a screen though? Because then, like, it's going to be more to manufacture. Oh no, it, mm. it, uh, it, it's going to probably be a portable device. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a screen that's like easy, like a common screen. Nothing, not a special. Not it's not going to replicate the old Game Boy or anything. It's not going to be a monochrome screen. It's just going to have a, a some kind of like filter, which or something. I bet is actually cheaper. Because they're not. probably going to have. I bet they're going to have Game Boy Advance games. They're going to have the whole lineup. I think on there. Or sure. sorry, Game Boy Color games as well. So they're going to need something to do color properly as well and like the yeah. original Game Boy screen can't do that I'll buy it in a second yeah. oh yeah me too and oh, speaking yeah. of, of lineups I love the SNES Classic and I yeah. love the SNES Classic's lineup mostly but there is a gigantic gargantuan <laughs> Chrono Trigger shaped hole in that lineup and that is my favorite game of all time <laughs> so I just had to put it out there One of the greats. I love it but where's Chrono Trigger oh my god I don't worry I, I got a yeah. special European version with it on it oh nice <laughs> very nice it's true. He does. Yeah. He does have that. Yeah. Um. So okay. Yeah. That that was, that, that was a big deal. That was a big thing that happened that month. And uh, again, I would chalk it up as a mostly another win for Nintendo in in that they did something right to win back some. Oh yeah. Win yeah, back people totally. after the NES debacle. I think people more as we all seem more way more optimistic about what they do next mm-hmm. than we felt after the NES Classic going into SNES. Totally. Classic. Good yeah. point. Yeah. Um. October had a lot of stuff. October was a huge month. I want to start out with something. Um, I didn't play this at all, but you feel free to talk about like the game itself, but I'm bringing it up for a different reason. Okay. On October 6th, Nintendo officially released Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga plus Bowser's Minions. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I know about the sprite de- debate over like the... like I, or When it was first announced, people like... Veterans got really upset about the new look for it. Mm-hmm. Newer players seem to be like, what are you talking about? But like veterans like, look how different it looks. Yeah. So I, I, I re- acknowledge and recognize there was some concern going into it. Uh, I uh, I'm bringing it up because this game sparked uh, a sequence of events that should not uh, should not really be uh, understated. Uh, it got leaked, as in not information. The actual game itself got leaked online, available to to pirate basically for piracy several weeks ahead of this October 6 release, and it drew the ire of <laughs> Nintendo. And when they found out it was a North American outlet or YouTuber, whoever did it, they lo- it was a North American entity that did it. The hammer came down on North American outlets very swiftly, very definitively. I think almost no one got a North American copy of Fire Emblem Warriors, which also came out in October. Mm-hmm. Those who did do a review used their European counterparts to get the code from Nintendo of Europe to get around that. Which I think I heard was actually why Nintendo of America then called, worked, which uh, basically relayed that, relayed that information to Europe and said, you need to only send out physical copies of Mario Odyssey 
to European outlets because North America also got punished with Odyssey as well. Yeah. Um, so, like, nuclear option on Fire Emblem in North America. Odyssey, a lot of outlets either didn't – some outlets didn't get it, including us, ahead of release, or the amount of copies that were promised, like some of the bigger sites that they were getting multiple – were then scaled back as a result of this. Ash, how did Game Explain? How many copies did you get? Uh, we got, uh, let's see, I know we got Fire Emblem Warriors. We had to go through a European connection oh, for sure. Wow. I, I think we I think we got one on launch day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, but to review it, to, for Derek to do, the re, to do the review, we had to get a European one, uh, which we really appreciated. Um, but then for Mario, we, we got one, but we had to sweat it out. Like, we didn't get one until about, I think, five days out from launch. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Andre was just like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? And, you know, props to him because, you know, you guys both know how many moons there are in that game. And, yeah. And he, he banged out a review in, like, four or five days. But uh, it was – we were sweating it out. We were like, are we going to get anything? This is mm-hmm. so – and fortunately we did, but it was a pretty – you know, we were pretty scared there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it seems uh, – I want to say, like, it, it seems like it's over. Because to be transparent, we got Xenoblade Chronicles too early. Like, nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Something came up with uh, Pokemon, but Pokemon's all dealt with. For those who don't know, Pokemon Company and Game Freak, Pokemon Company specifically, handles pretty much everything with Pokemon. Yeah. Like, Nintendo America and even NCL will get overruled sometimes by Pokemon Company. Yeah. So, they don't want... Like, they've always been very stubborn and hard... uh, Pretty, like... uh, What's the term? Uh... Like uh, almost draconian in their uh, like embargo restrictions. Was even at game trailers we would get like stuff from them early, and they'd have the most ridiculous restrictions about how much you can. But basically, if anything had not been shown off officially in North America, even if it's basic information, would always be off limits until their embargo date. Even if it's out in Japan, even if Japanese sites were reporting on it and it was officially out of there, no, you cannot talk about it because North America doesn't know about it yet. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, but anyway, it seems like the the, 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 the this temporary like uh, kind of like punishment for for one person's folly ended, but yeah. it was a thing. It, it did affect some people and stuff like that. So all because of Mario Luigi Superstar Saga, Ben yep. Bowser's Minions. Yeah, I want to know: Did any of you play that game? And did you I'm never it? gonna play that game. Never gonna play that game. Yeah, okay. I would like to, but I just didn't get a chance. Yeah. Okay. That's a filler 3ds game. A filler. That's yeah. Filler. That's yeah. a game I think should have been on Switch. Yeah. Definitely, because it's online well, only, right? To eat. No, we got a physical copy eventually. I th- yeah, think we physical. did, yeah. Did they? Yeah. They released a physical yeah, yeah, version yeah, yeah, of that game? Wow. Okay. But like, the thing, too, is that, like they brought back something I love from Dream Team, which was the overall art style. I actually like Dream Team's visual style. Okay. But they brought back, or they didn't bring back one of the best parts of it, which was, again, the stereoscopic 3D. Mm. I thought Dream Team had some of the best in the system, and then I, I was looking for that to be the case in Superstar Saga, and I played it at oh, E3, yeah. and I was told by one of the reps there, like, oh, no, no 3D. 3D. I, and I'm like, God, weird. it's such a good-looking yeah. game. Dream Team looked great. I get when they don't do 3D. I get why they don't, but in that yeah. case... That makes no sense. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and they that's didn't do weird. it for Paper Jam either. Yeah. And that's another game that would have looked really good in 3D. Yeah. So I just that was one mm. of the reasons I was like, well, it doesn't really feel like I need to play this, even though I love Mario and Luigi, obviously. But it's just if it was you said filler. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fire Emblem Warriors is a game I didn't touch, which is surprising because I love Fire Emblem. The reason this it didn't interest me from very early on is the lineup. They were heavily focusing on the newer games. Yes. And the yeah. new and roster. And even some of the characters they held behind the paid DLC, like Tharja being paid DLC, was clearly 
like a fan service pitch. It's like you want this character, you're paying for her, and we know why you're paying for most of you. It's like, oh my gosh. Hey, that's yeah. not fair. Tharja's not like that. Tharja is an amazing character. Yes. Like powerful <laughs> and stuff. Yes. But there, so you clearly be honest. Someone at Nintendo was thinking that. It's like really come on. Oh yeah. Like that sucks. Um, it, that that's not how they should do things. But and they also promised. I want to say in the positive end of things, they kept teasing that or promising that it was gonna like be a slight evolution or add more of a more elements to the Muso formula basically it wasn't and I think just it kind of did and it kind of yeah. uh, Ben Moore reviewed it for us yeah and uh, he did say he did some of that but like it still has a lot of the problems uh that past Muso games have had if you're not really into them but like I think it was ultimately the the roster it's just for me for me the reason yeah. I didn't get into it is it's the roster I'm like where's Ike where's Marth Where's Roy? Where, where, where are these older characters that Marth is, Marth in, is in the game? There's, there's oh, a whole oh, Shadow sorry. Dragon okay. contingent okay. in the game. Uh, yeah, Marth is. My isn't. bad. Uh, Ike, though. Yeah. Ike specifically. I was like, okay, sure. these characters that were in Smash Brothers, like they keep showing off and stuff. Like, oh, they've been like, these are the, like the the flagship faces of the Fire Emblem. You gotta series. have Roy. And yeah. they're like, they, and they made a statement. So one of the developers said, like, what we're thinking about bringing those fan favorites for the next one. I'm like, yeah. you need them all now. This yeah. game felt like it had no hype going into it. Like, it felt like it had no marketing to me. It felt like it was so under the radar, despite all these other Fire Emblem games we talked about. Uh, uh, Echoes and Heroes and Nintendo doing a Fire Emblem Direct. Mm-hmm. Getting, and there's a Fire Emblem Switch game even coming out next year that they've been kind of, like, touting. This one felt like it might have been the lowest on their totem pole. And yeah. it just was crammed in between another game we're going to talk about right after this. That was a huge game for October. Oh, yeah. It, it almost felt like it was like, we don't want to put this, just just release it and hope for the best. Yeah, Fire Emblem Warriors is a really weird existence just in general. Because, again, like after Hyrule Warriors was great and people mm-hmm. loved it. Amazing roster, you know, fan, fan favorite characters across the board, even just as DLC, too. But then, you know, and you think Fire Emblem Warriors is a surefire knockout hit. And then the roster happens. And it's like, wait a minute. I mean, I get that they want to focus on Fates and Awakening, but how do you not have some of those really important legacy characters? And then, you know, the game comes out. Again, I don't think the release date was very well chosen. I think yeah. it, it was kind of sandwiched in a bunch of other stuff. Um, but then you get that. Plus, remember, there was a 3DS version, and they just quietly <laughs> crept that yeah. out the door. Yep. And I don't think that we even saw any official media. There might have been two screenshots of the 3DS version released by Nintendo <laughs> before they, they just quietly snuck it out the door. Yeah. And just everything about Fire Emblem Warriors confused me. Just I mean, and, and I have a, I like it. It's cool. You know, again, I'm a casual Fire Emblem fan, but I just, it's so clear to see the wasted potential there with the roster. And it's yeah. like, what happened? But at the same time, I do have to give it uh, credit for including a very un-Nintendo option that I thought was really cool to have, which was the choice between a Fidelity 1080p mode or a performance-based oh, 720p yeah, mode. And that's that. a very yeah. un-Nintendo thing. Yeah, I like and that. I thought that was a really cool option. I'm glad they included that. I wonder if that was like a push from Omega Force. Pro- like, yeah, I would to, think like, so. To get that. Cause, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like something they would push for. I, but just real quick, the release date. I think it could have been pushed. It could have been a 2018 title. Yeah. Like it probably, no, no, no. We got a 2018 title, baby. I mean, you, we, we <laughs> it's when, coming. We still know when it's yeah. coming out. Just something. They said they said 2018. It could come out in the fall. It probably will. Warriors Fire Emblem Spring yeah, yeah, or yeah, December. Yeah. You know, December after Xenoblade. Position yeah. it two weeks after Xenoblade. Yeah. You know, kind of a nice. Yeah. It would have done better the year. Yeah. And yeah, the reason we were all like saying that we were concerned about the release date was because at the end of October. Mm-hmm. A little game called Super Mario Odyssey came out on the Switch on October 27th. You might have heard of that game. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah, I might have heard of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like we, we had a big episode on it. I feel like I've said my piece on yeah. how yeah. great Mario Odyssey is. Um, it has sold very well. 
Uh, in fact, it, it was the number six best-selling game of November overall for, for physical sales, no online included. Um, highest Switch game, or Switch exclusive game on, on the list. So, yeah. Mario <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Mario Odyssey <laughs> is a phenomenal game. Um, I, I 100%ed it. I, I make it a point Ooh, to try 100%. I did. Nice. I actually regret it a bit because I, I actually agree with Andre here in his review, uh, for those of you who've seen it. Super Mario Odyssey, the way it's structured, it's a fantastic game, especially that initial journey through the game, the mm-hmm. main story, and the, the post-game up to a point. And then I think yeah. after about 500 moons, oh, yeah. you get real, really diminishing returns. And, and and the kind of diminishing returns I was not expecting from a, a Mario game. I let me pre- I spent 90 hours with it, 80 hours. I loved it. I got 999 moons. But I didn't enjoy the last 25% of that journey the way I usually really enjoy the post-games mm-hmm. in Mario Odyssey. So it's, it's kind of made me really think about, I adore that game, incredible game, but I don't know if I want to see them go back to the way they did the post-game for it. I really loved like the comet challenges in galaxy those i they really test your skills yeah. i feel like odyssey never really ramped up into the kind of post-game challenge that i was hoping for for yeah, 3d like, mario it's like been a bit of staple of a lot of them yeah like time. even the final the final it's, stage like yeah. it was surprisingly limp in terms of how easy it was compared to like champions road <laughs> in 3d yeah. world yeah. oh my with toad especially so i mean again i love odyssey but i don't know if i want to see them do the post game the way they did it did it again yeah the way i always explain it is that I don't think, I don't think that the game's intent is for anyone to get 999. Yeah. I think there's that many moons to give every player who's playing through it plenty of options to find their way. And so for people like us who do care to 100% a game, it it is less appealing in a way, which is funny. Yeah. But like for somebody who's just uh, interested in playing for a day or playing for a couple of hours and just picking up whatever moons they find, I think that's such a unique thing about this Mario totally. game in particular. Yeah. 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 I I only felt the need to get to the 500. Like, yeah, I, that, that was like to get my the invisible in the hat. Yeah, yeah, Not, and, and yeah. Wasn't, oh, I wanted I wanted to play that last level. Well, oh, right. dark yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, was, yeah. Invisible cap was cool, but like I just looked at it for a second. I'm like, all right, nice. What's left? Yeah, oh, and I have to get 499. No. Yeah, I think I just like I'm I'm used to to 3D Mario games culminating in something big and epic and super challenging and just Odyssey. It, the culmination is at the end of the main story and then the post-game stuff you get some really cool surprises but then mm-hmm. it kind of slowly descends and then yeah. it just never I was thinking okay dark side dark it's gonna get really hard then it's just kind of they just hand you, almost hand you a lot of the moons toward the end of the game too and I was like okay I get what they're going for here really cool Mario game I love Odyssey but I hope they maybe go with something in a different direction next time alright but I still love the game obviously it's a good game yeah. it's a good game, good game. Good game. <laughs> um Again, you go, uh, two episodes ago, we did like a full like discussion of Mario Odyssey. If you want to get everyone else's in-depth thoughts, so right. Uh, November, November was a pretty busy month, but for third parties, mm. big third-party month. Saw a release of Doom. Oh yeah, Switch. Yep. Rhyme, Rhyme's port. Is what? that a big one? Uh, it was a big indie game, I would okay. say, because I think a lot. Of, I will say this. Uh, I was told the uh, Rhyme was the Switch version of Rhyme was the one that people are looking the most forward to. Okay, I think it actually had the mm-hmm. most pre-orders or something. I was I heard something about that. Sure, that was like so they they it had a lot a little bit writing on it. Um, unfortunately, that didn't turn out to be such a good port. All right, the rest of these different story though. Um, Doom port. Yep. For how big of a technical achievement Doom is. Yeah. From the masters at id Software, like at optimizing games, especially for PC. Pretty impressive to see them get that game running on Switch. Yeah, it has it has some 
corner cutting to get that to it, some downgrades. I had someone point out to me, like, any kind of review or discussion of Switch versions of the games that are, like, like were, like, th- basically big 3D AAA games, you guys need to stop saying it's the worst-looking version or it's a downgrade. Like, it should be just assumed at this point. Like, it's just beating a dead horse. We get it. We want to know how close it gets to the other versions yep. and if you know is it serviceable is it admirable you know does it have any extra modes or anything like that and i would say like doom was pretty between serviceable to admirable from what i saw uh of it up and running um i didn't touch la noir but apparently it is because it was like a last gen game uh, it was a 360 ps3 era game mm-hmm. and so a little less difficult to port it to, to switch sure um apparently it looks pretty good it has in the uh, use of the touchscreen. Apparently, they they tweaked it a bit to take advantage of it. Yeah, and apparently yeah. it's better for it. Uh, so everything I saw about it. And I actually I like that they do what the good cop bad cop now instead of uh, yep uh, doubt and uh, tr- truth doubt and lie or whatever. Like, oh, huh. Because that was a little com- yeah. It that was always confusing. That wasn't very yeah. straightforward. Yes. So they cleaned that up. Um, Revelations one and two uh, on Switch. The oh, yeah. the combination of that. Uh, I played a lot of Skyrim on Switch. Yes. Had a lot of fun with that. Um, if you have never played it like me, obviously, that's probably why, as a lot of people pointed out in a, in a very forceful way recently. <laughs> forceful. <Yeah. laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of these third-party was it, ports. Wasn't Rocket League, too? Rocket League as well. Yeah, Rocket League um, as well. I would say, while it looks good offline, online modes sometimes a little It's a little sketchy. rough looking. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it plays perfectly fine. Oh, yeah, it plays fine. Just looks, it looks visually. It's like, it's ooh, intru- okay. Especially you're playing in the handhelds. Like, uh, you can tell. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's really small on the handheld screen, too, like points. Like, because uh, you get, sometimes you get pretty zoomed out. Oh, so sure. So it's a little. I, I had to play. I, like, preferred to play it docked. And even docked, like, the models of the cars are like. Ugh. At the same time, though, I appreciate that they, they prioritize 60 frames per second in Rocket League. That yeah, that was that, always the right decision. And cross-platform play. You can yes. play. With, so that is, that I think that kind of, especially if you take it on the go, I think that, and you have a Wi-Fi connection somewhere, mm-hmm. that does sort of make up for that. Yeah, that's cool. So the, 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 each company in its own way are going out. I know in the prior month there was uh, uh, FIFA 18. Uh, like EA was kept saying, like, we do, this is our best effort for this. We finally started to see all these third-party ports starting to come out and see and being able to judge how they are. And these are the first. These this is like the the first wave. These are like I would almost call some of these a little bit of not rush jobs, but like the the testing the waters. I think the the ones we're gonna get later are gonna be have more time to cook. They're gonna they're gonna know better what they can do with the switch hardware. They're gonna understand the limitations a little bit better. Like when Wolfenstein Two comes yeah, out. Like right most, yeah, like when Wolfenstein. So let's like I know I'm jumping a little ahead, but at November MPD mm-hmm. switches top t- ten selling games, not including eShop sales, digital sales. Uh, Skyrim was the highest. Uh, wow. Was the highest rated one uh, of the third party ones because Odyssey was obviously number one, but. Uh, I was like, Odyssey was one, Mario Kart 8 was two, wow. Breath of the Wild was three, which we've seen those. And I'm sorry, this is just for November? Just for November on long? Switch. Okay. On okay. Switch only, not compared right. to anyone else. Number four, the fourth best, fourth best selling Switch game of November, The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. That's crazy. Wow. Uh, then Splatoon 2, Mario and Rabbids, Kingdom Battle, There's Sonic Forces, and Doom. So... Yeah, Sega, like Sonic Forces, and even Doom. Yeah, I was more worried about Doom because Doom's so cheap on other platforms. Yeah, and it's a tech, it's 
yeah, it, it, that was the harder sell, I think. And Nintendo only reports physical to NPDs, so yeah, it's pretty yes. crazy, actually. Uh, I believe a source said that the physical sales of Skyrim were just over 100,000, but factor in the, the digital sales, it actually came closer to 200 or just over 200,000 for a six-year-old port that's been, had so many different releases? No, that's crazy alone that because is. you don't have a lot of space on the Switch. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty crazy. And when I say six-year-old, I mean the game originally came out. I like People keep calling me out for this. <laughs> Forcefully You're, calling stuff. Like, leave them alone. Like, you, you guys got to realize, like, I get it. I'll say the statement so I can clarify. The Switch version of Skyrim is based on the remastered version. I get that. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm never, I've never claimed that. I'm just like, not saying the original game came out six years ago. The, the game is six years old, technically. Come on. Like, people are just getting, like, getting really hooked up on, like, you know, specifics here. But anyway, the Bethesda's seeing payoffs right now. Which, mm-hmm. yes, Wolfenstein 2, which they, they are waiting till next year to, to release... I think they will take what they've learned so far from the these games and apply it to that. But also everyone else is going to start seeing what they can do and start applying it and, and making better ports for Switch. I see it only getting better from here, basically. Yeah. Despite, yeah. like, some people might read the November stuff for the third parties as disappointing because, like, some of them didn't even chart at all anywhere, like L.A. Noir, like Grime. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Uh, Revelations came out at the very end, so it's really hard for that to chart when it's, like, had one or two days only of also another older game being ported. Yeah. Uh, I, I keep telling people, like, don't jump to that conclusion just yet. Like, uh, like wait and see. Because what we're what, getting Year so one far, is not even over yet. Yeah, right. it's yeah. not even the end of first year. And yeah. this is... Th- these are a pretty big deal so far. Like, this is getting... Much better support, much better third party support, I think, than Nintendo's gone in a long time. And I pers- my personal interpretation of this is it can only get better because I hope they're seeing, these third parties are seeing that, oh, if we just do this, or now we know how to develop like, more efficiently on the Switch hardware, we can achieve this on, on a port of like this game next year or whatever. So I see 2018 being the real year. That's the year you need to start looking at stuff and mm-hmm. taking it a little bit more uh to heart like if something doesn't do well it's like okay you know maybe the the, yeah. the those naysayers right but i i foresee things being better for switch oh with I, third parties yeah i can guarantee you that's going to happen only because that's what we see i mean that's just game development in general every console since i mean the, the beginning you know whatever nintendo super nintendo all the way up to ps3 xbox whatever we games developed and released toward the end of a console's life cycle are always technically more sound and, and they, they, they push the limits of what the hardware can do. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that's going to happen with the Switch as well. So we're oh, already yeah. seeing really impressive looking games on Switch like Super Mario Odyssey and and stuff like that. But I guarantee you third parties are going to keep pushing the envelope with what they can do on Switch. And look what's already been done with Mario and Rabbids. Oh, yeah. Like third parties yeah. are going to keep pushing that envelope and they're going to get more used to the Switch's hardware. And we already know from what various developers have said that the Switch is particularly easy to develop for to begin with. So couple that with, you know, more and more years of development experience on it. It's just going to get better yeah. and better. Like the outlook is very positive from everything that's being saying, said by third party publishers. Square Enix said... They have a lot of interest. Like, they, yep. they're liking yeah. what they're seeing. Bandai Namco's like, okay, we yes, stuff. And we said earlier, Capcom, yes, stuff's mm-hmm. in the works. It just needs, like, it's going to take some time, especially for the more uniquely crafted stuff. Oh, yeah. I don't think everything's going to be ports either. I think right. we're going to see some unique, possibly exclusive stuff to Switch. That's going to take a l- little bit of time there. And I do want to give one last shout-out to the indies. Indies yes. are seeing huge success on the Switch. Yeah. Games that are, like, very old. Are all of a sudden coming out on the Switch and selling more than the combined sales of every other version mm-hmm. of that game, which is great to hear. 
So even if you're looking for an indication of success, look at indies. They've always been around on all the, all the platforms. They've, they've found success here and here, but it sounds like almost everything is a big success story for indies coming out on Switch right now. Cool. Totally. No, like I've, I've been telling people that the Switch for me, I'm a huge fan of platformers, especially 2D platformers, and the Switch has, and I wasn't expecting this, but very quickly become like the indie platformer dream machine. There are yeah. so many games, and there was one game that came back, in, back, back out in June that I didn't get to mention uh, that came out in the middle of all the E3 flurry, but I got to give a special shout out to Mighty Gunvolt Burst. Mm-hmm. Only because I never thought Beck could ever be recontextualized in a good game, <laughs> but he has been, and so like I'm glad that Beck. I'm glad that there is life beyond Beck and Call and the Mighty Numbers beyond Mighty Number Nine. <laughs> yeah. Because you know what, Mighty Gunvolt Burst is a damn good yeah, game, cool. and those are cool characters. So I'm glad that now we're in a, a post Mega Man 11 announcement world. We know Mega Man's fine and healthy. I'm glad that you know Beck, who was a laughing stock for so long. Mm-hmm. He's actually, you know, he, he had a chance to be in, in another good platformer. Yeah. And, uh, it came, but it came out in the middle of E3, so no one knew about it. No one, I, I don't know how widely played it was. I think NT Create said uh, sales were pretty good. But oh, it nice. came out literally the Thursday of E3. It looked like so, it wasn't a huge budget, it too. It looks like it wasn't a huge commitment on their right. part. So, right, yeah, exactly. I think that was... So, just had to push, put that yeah, out there. Nice, yeah, I like Definitely. that. Definitely. Yeah. Good, good example there. Uh, close out November... Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon also came out that month. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. No big deal. Yeah. 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 Uh, they, they did chart. I think they were number 10 and 11 or 9 and 10 on the NPD. So still selling, but surprised they weren't like cemented in the top 10. Like they're at the lower end. So. Yeah. And then people waiting for that Switch version of Pokemon. Yeah. And then Sonic Forces happened and Neo. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Sonic it wasn't horrible, but it was Sonic just. Sonic Forces. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, it was. It was exa- That's a perfect. It was like meh. Yeah, that's all. I wanted it to be the next Sonic Generations. I love Sonic Generations and Sonic Colors. I was so many fans are waiting yeah. for that, and then it just there got was the Avatar that... nonsense, and you got oh, the, the just. You can tell there were so many clashing design ideas that just didn't work in that game, and I don't know why they didn't just stay the course and make it the next modern Sonic game and go with what they knew worked. I think they were just worried. Like I think. Mania's existence, and he, they knew about its development. You know, it yeah. Mania was not the Sonic Teens game. I think they just knew what was going on with it, and I felt they might have felt some of the pressure. Like they saw the buzz building for Mania, yeah. And like and they're like, we got to do have an Avatar. We got to mm-hmm. have this. And now I, I love the meme potential for the Avatar yep. character in Sonic Forces. I love it for that, but it diluted what was yeah. otherwise. You know, I don't even think classic Sonic needed to be there. He, his gameplay wasn't even that great in, in Forces. Keep it to modern Sonic. Like, that's what we wanted more of. The boost gameplay, the... Because now you have didn't. Sonic Mania, you don't even need it. You're not exactly. Sonic yeah. Mania is already doing classic anymore. Sonic oh, yeah. the right yeah. way. So yeah. just, just let modern Sonic have his own games. And I get that. I wanted one more really good boost-style game before they move on to whatever new idea they try next. I feel like yeah. they might need some outside intervention on 3D Sonic. They might. They might didn't need before, though. That's what makes they they just somehow got worse course. at making them since 2011. M- How did they? Maybe they'll see look back at 2017, see the inspiration for all these like games that came out that yeah. were tried risk and were a little bit more bold. Yeah, and might embolden them to be take more risk with the yeah. next 3D Sonic and also Mania success. We'll see. Um, wrapping out the end of the year, we're in December right now. We're mm-hmm. done. We're not through December, but so far in December, another promise kept. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 coming out at the beginning of the month. Uh, I, I I streamed through the whole game. I, you streamed through the whole yeah, game, I, dude? I, I, wow. I streamed the whole playthrough of the game. How many hours? Uh, well, the thing is, I left my Switch on by accident, so there's like an extra 10 hours, but I think if you go by 
the actual time. It's like uh-huh. 63 hours. That's a lot of a streaming. Deal. That's yeah. actually less yeah. than I, yeah. I was. I was lower number. My than final yeah. play time is like 73, 74 hours on uh-huh. the save file. But people did the math. I think like around 10-ish, nine or 10-ish hours were me. I left the switch on with the game active and it was counting that yeah. time. And then I came back and saved and it, nothing had happened but like i added that time to the playtime was like sure, oops sure. dumb yeah um but uh i want to say this the they they this like it seems to have reviewed pretty well um there there it, there are some complaints about it there's some criticisms leverage at it some people love it some people like it but find faults in it i will say that uh, the, the the announcement that they're going to continuously address the issues by like doing patch updates almost like a content as a service basically right. a game as a service right uh starting with the the map stuff i cannot tell you how much times how many times throughout my playthrough i would yell about the map stuff to the chat and they were like okay yeah like you you, you could just do it this way but you, you sort of got a point one of the first things they're doing is like, yeah, we heard, we got it. Like cool. the, the map cool. system needs to be streamlined. We need to make it easier to access a map. Period. Tell you where you are. But like they talked about, like the battle system. They're looking at like everything hmm. in that game to, to see like what the criticisms were to see if they can like fine tune some things. I felt like you know what? So I'm gonna say this. This is how I feel about Xenoblade Chronicles. At the end of the day, I think they were more concerned about keeping their promise and keeping a spotless record in 2017. The point to that when I think this game. Could have used a little bit more time. I think sure. this should have been pushed into 2018, and it might have been better off for it. Uh, that, yeah. that, that that is like my 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 honest feeling about that game after playing it is that, given it more time, I probably would have been like, yes, this is an amazing game or something. If a few things were addressed, and in, in honestly, 2017, it didn't need it. There's so many great games that came out. Period. Not just on Switch. That I I, I think. It, it didn't need to happen. But you know what? Nintendo wanted it to happen. It did yeah. come out. And despite some of the flaws that I found in the game, it's still pretty good. It's still a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't want to take anything away from it. We don't know how well it's sold. We don't know anything that, like anything like that yet. We won't find out until next year uh, in January when the end of December NBD comes out. But like, I don't want to spend too much time talking about like, you know, I, basically let's spend as much time as we spend on any other game with this. With Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, like... Did you have you from what you played? Did you did you enjoy it? Do you think it was a good way to cap out the year? Uh, did, did anything of what I said about maybe pushing it into next year might have made sense? I, I don't know. It feels like everyone had a very unique experience with this game, and it varies slightly. Yeah, I had a strange experience with this game only because uh, I did the previews. So I was the one uh-huh. who uh, Derek did the review. He's the resident giant Xenoblade fan. I love RPGs in general, but I was the one who did all the trade show previews and things. And you know, I love I love the original Xenoblade Chronicles. I wasn't I didn't like X very much, but again, not big on the open world stuff. But I have a weird relationship with this game because I haven't had time to play it. Of course, it's just one of those another 100 plus hour game. Although you did say 67 hours, <laughs> so. Um, but more than that. The, the I don't think Nintendo did a great job demoing the game uh, at you know at previews just because mm. you know uh, I I love I love Nintendo, the Nintendo reps the Treehouse guys they did their best to demo the game and I have a lot of respect for them but the demo was structured such you're you're dropped into the middle of the game with no tutorial or literally no explanation about what is a really complex battle system even if you're coming from having experience with Chronicles One mm. or X it's com- pretty different and so I was just you know plopped in there for my hour playing and. I had to have the Nintendo reps explain to me what the hell's going on. And I'm an RPG veteran, but like that is not the kind of battle system that you can't just jump into that game and <laughs> figure it out, really. It's not at all. So 
I actually left a lot of my preview appointments feeling kind of de- deflated about it uh. and dehyped. And then so I ended up asking Derek when he was playing it for the review, like, hey, how are you feeling about it? He's like, I promise you don't worry that if you play from the beginning, the way the tutorials are done is you will absolutely be a master of the battle system and you'll love it. But I totally get why you didn't like it just being thrown into it. So I have to take him at his word. I, you know, he and I, our, our tastes usually align anyway. It's just a matter of when am I going to get a chance to play it. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Damiani, I do think it was probably a good idea to get it out this year, though. Okay. In that, kind of like what you said, not just keep a spotless record, but just to gain trust. To gain trust in the Switch. Sure. To make people feel good about the Switch in this year. And also, I think 2018. I don't know if we're doing a, like what we dream about 2018 in this, but I just think uh, it's going to be nuts. No be, time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll save that for 2018. Yeah. yeah. But I think 2018 is going to be nuts. I don't think 2018 will need uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Yeah. yeah I, 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 agree, I agree with that. Like after, It's more after, after having played it, mm-hmm. it could have used the benefit of it. Like, of all the games I played this year from the, on the Switch, this one from the first party, this was the one that could have used more time. I sure. Feel. It, what, it didn't, wasn't, the level of excellence that I experienced from most every other first party Switch game I played this year. I got you, yeah. Um, just to like wrap, like I, I'll probably say my thoughts. I'm sure I'll either be on a frame trap or maybe next front code I'll do a Xenoblade special, but sure. Um, the battle system stuff did trip me up. Yeah. I mean, playing from the beginning, I, I did feel that the game could have gone a little bit, done a little bit more to force you to demonstrate you understood the battle system. Hmm before getting too far into the game because i feel like you can kind of bluntly half-ass some stuff in, in the battle system like i didn't really oh, understand early on. Some, yeah gotcha, i didn't really yeah. understand everything about it but i understood enough that i'm like okay i'm gonna win this fight i'm gonna win this fight and then eventually at a point it starts to become a little rough and it's like you you really if, if i had just known how to do one specific thing i'm talking about the elemental combo stuff right i had to watch Two videos. One was a game explain video. Nice. Uh, nice. Two videos and read one guide, and then even after that, a person in chat had to draw me a diagram uh, because it was the visual representation of it. It was yeah. so, it actually was something really simple, but nowhere did the any the, anywhere did the game show you that that visually very well. It in, in text wise, I think it makes sense as long as you wrap your head around the visual immediately and you latch onto that, mm-hmm. the text works. Like what they're telling you. But if you, like me, if you fail to latch onto the visual and don't comprehend it, the the, the, the text I was being fed, I'm like, I, I don't, I get what you're saying, but like how is that work up here? It doesn't make, anyway, that was, it yeah, yeah. was more a me problem than the game problem. In the end, I, I'm going to be fair here. But I did, at the, towards my first 20 hour mark, I was getting a little frustrated with the game. In terms of its battle system, that I was getting because the battles were taking so long. I wasn't winning all of them. Not even boss battles. It's like regular battles against some of the harder enemies. I was trying to go after like some of the hunt type enemies or the rare monsters, the NMs yeah. or whatever. And it, I was like, I'm good. I'm winning this. I'm winning this. I know they the last third they kick into like an overdrive. They get really hard. But even before that, they would just like do something that was slightly different uh, to break my rhythm, and I'd be so harshly penalized for it. And I wasn't understanding why. Everyone was screaming at me. He's like, dude, you're not doing the combos right. You would have won this. I'm like, I, like, I don't get what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. doing the topple to the launch. And like, what do you know that, that, the element combos. I'm like, what the hell are element combos? It was yeah. like, it got really, I got really frustrated. But anyway, um, definitely we'll get into that at some point. But sure. I, I do think overall, though, it was still a pretty good game. And with the changes and stuff, I am slightly tempted to go back and, and, keep playing some of the post-game stuff to with the, the changes to see if it feels like it, it, it is an improved experience. Um, 
Uh, we talked a little bit before the show about like ukulele, the, yes. the Switchport wrapping out the end of the year. Switchport mm-hmm. finally came out. P- seems like a very very admirable effort for for the port of oh, that cool. game. No, oh, um, yeah, it's yeah. the best console version yeah. straight up. I Wait, think really? Easily. Wow. I, think, I, I mean, the the Xbox One and PS4 versions post patch are a lot more a lot smoother. I, mm-hmm. I reviewed the Xbox One version at launch, and it was a technical mess. It was absolutely a mess. Sure. Then they patched it, and it was better. But I think that the Switch version is actually even more stable than that. And I think there's something to that. As I've heard, it said that uh, the, only the Switch and original PC versions were developed in-house by Team 17. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. uh, and that the PS4 and Xbox One versions were outsourced, I think. Yes. Uh, yeah. the, oh, I don't know if the Switch version falls into that. It might be true. But okay. prior to Switch version, the console versions were handled by somebody else. Yeah. And there, I heard there was some... Uh, some some negative stuff that came out over that in, in terms of like the, the companies were like working with the game sure. and stuff. Sure, sure. So yeah, it, it, it was I, I, pretty I, bad. I, I can't go into too much details from what I heard, but sure. Switch version's I, I, good I, though. I basically could, yeah. 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 They, and yeah, it, it's, it's a good version of what I think is a, is a good game. Not a great one, but mm-hmm. I think some of the hate toward ukulele is a bit overblown. It's sure. like, especially when playing on handheld, it's the, so elegant. And they added, on was handheld, this in the though. original version? Because I don't remember in the PC version when I reviewed it, the, the, the short talk option. So the sound and the I think the sound effects get a little grating uh-huh. after a while. You can make it so they only do the thing like for a second. I and think then that it, was in the launch, but I still think even now you can't do it. You can't fast forward the talking and cutscenes, which is really annoying. Okay, um, you know, which which again is kind of ukulele in a nutshell. It's it's a good game just marred by some real seriously rough design issues. Oh, sure, but it's still a good game at the end. I don't think it's like bad. It's knowing just like, how okay. to knowing how to play it actually. I think it's better on subsequent playthroughs. That might because be true. Because I'd, I'd played through it, I'd played through it its entirety, uh, like a significant amount of it. Like I beat it, tried to complete as much in addition to just beating it as I could. Mm-hmm. And going through demonstrating the Switch version on the stream recently, I, I wasn't having as bad of a time as I remember because I knew what to do, which is yeah. help, helps a lot. Sure. I think. This, looking back on it, I still think my biggest play is the casino level. I still think yeah. that was a really weak level. I know people, if they just straight up axe it, people are complaining, well, why is there only like a few levels in this game? Like the casino kind of made it like, I think five worlds, right? Five, five worlds yeah. total. Yeah. Added, that, that made it five, but I think it could have stand, stood on its own without that casino world or yeah. something. I don't know. But like that one, when I got there, things just went downhill. And I just did not have a good time in that area. It's like, like who thought this level was a good idea? I get it. Yeah. Sonic casino stuff is like, everyone loves that, but like this is nothing like, anyway. Um, but regardless of, uh, that I, I, the, the switch version doesn't change the content. So like, right. If you sided with one side or the other on the original reviews, the only thing different here is like the, the convenience of playing it on the go and technical changes. So yeah. yeah and there are some nips yeah, and tucks, yeah, yeah, yeah. nips and tucks across the board, but yeah, if you're going to play ukulele at all, uh, on console switch is the way, in my opinion, wow, especially cool. in handheld mode. Like, uh, we were chatting a little bit before again mm-hmm. and, that game, for whatever reason, I mean, it's it's fine in dock mode. It looks fine. You can tell the graphical downgrades from other versions a little bit. Not as much as you think, but it's fine in dock mode. But for some reason, in handheld mode, it's just a really elegant little game to play. It's not incredible, but it feels like it excels in a handheld format for whatever reason. Cool. And it's just it's it's a good version of a good game, I think, in my opinion. A decently good game. Ukulele. Yeah. Um, Final thing here, because we, we are like we're a little over, but to, <laughs> yep. to like to kind of wrap, wrap it up. Final, like how we feel about the Switch. Great. Or, sorry, not Switch. Nintendo. Nintendo. Twenty seventeen. I am going to give a bit of info about the Switch specifically. In the first nine months of its release, mm-hmm. the Switch has topped ten million sales worldwide. Yeah. 
So not even in a full first year yet. Already at $10 million. They've upped the projection several times. Again, it is now projected to outsell the lifetime Wii U sales by the end year. of its first year. Amazing. Yeah. Which should show you, at the very least, m- huge improvement on, mm-hmm. on that end. Um, and honestly, 2017 was an amazing year in general for games. In fact, we were talking earlier, uh, Ash, about this. I said, like, it felt like there was just too many good games each month that I couldn't get to all of them, and that's, like, my biggest regret. Yeah. I would like to see the perfect game year would be maybe just one great game a month and everything <laughs> yeah. else wasn't great. Like, yeah. scale it back a bit. Mm-hmm. You can do that for us publishers. You can make it happen. It's not that hard. Uh, but, like, I'd rather take too many great games than not enough. Like, the the gaps, like, yeah. several months of, like, this sucks. There's no good games right now. Yeah. Um, but Nintendo specifically had... Everyone had a really good year. I'm going to say this now because I always get confused. Microsoft had a good year. Yep. Sony had a good year. Nintendo had a good year. But for Nintendo, Sony had been having good years for a while now. Yeah. Nintendo finally having a good year after the Wii U is good news for that. It's good news for the industry. Yeah. Um. So I feel I like this is a feel one of the best years for Nintendo, and I it just makes me so optimistic about what they have. Uh, coming in 2018. Can't wait for that January Direct. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, when Nintendo thrives, the industry thrives. And I don't say that because uh, I'm a Nintendo fanboy and Nintendo games are better than everything else. No, it's more that despite everything, you know, Nintendo will always march to the beat of their own drum and do their own thing, no matter what. And we saw that with the Wii U. Even when it wasn't working for them, they're going to do it. But especially when it works for them, it's even better that they're going to do it. And, you know, yeah, there's no one is ever going to take the same approach to game design and the game industry in general as Nintendo. Yeah, and that's why when Nintendo thrives, everyone thrives. And and it's like you know I never thought that Nintendo was you know doomed. It's like you know and Nintendo's been doomed since 1996. Like come on, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's you know I'd never thought they were doomed even after the Wii U. It's like they have a massive war chest. You know they were going to be okay. They could weather another Wii U probably. But I love firing on all cylinders Nintendo is the best Nintendo yeah and I love seeing Nintendo in this kind of come up year where they really I mean I thought they'd turn things around to a degree but I never thought that they would turn things around in the Switch's year one so drastically the way they have so quickly yeah I really didn't expect it yeah I gotta say it's been a cool year yeah like I mean they they have it is so obvious to me that they have really re kind of reconstructed their development pipeline to the point where they don't have those that HD development issue anymore where they were like oh we can't make games fast enough for the wii u for people to buy them it's like no they've whatever ish pipeline issue they had they have 100 percent figured it out because we're we aren't even at the end of the switches year one yet Mm -hmm. and look at what was we got a new one of the best zeldas we got one of the best mario we got xenoblade we got splatoon we got all these indie games we got you know it's crazy like i just didn't think i thought they'd begin to turn it around this year but i didn't think they'd completely write the ship like the way they have yeah and as I think they really nailed it with the concept of the Switch. The com- complete 180 from the Wii U to the Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they needed two E3s to try and explain the Wii U to people. The, the stories of people confusing it for... like the cons- I get it. Nintendo probably internally thought this concept is simple. People get it. It's a new system with a tablet. Yeah. But to everyone else, because the, probably because of the name, for whatever oh, reason, people thought, some people thought it was an accessory. Or just a new a redesign of the Wii with a tablet. Like it was they, they, they misfired on that. And then other problems as well. Switch, just like perfect. The, From the, the start. Switch the back and forth and a console yeah, that yeah. everything's easy. I know it yeah. hasn't been perfectly smooth. There have been some 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 like bumps in the road there. 
but in general it, it works as advertised and the 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 handheld mobile ver- like component of it seems to be like winning people over mm-hmm. and yeah. also like the huge solid lineup of games uh from their own first party studios and you know everyone else supporting it it uh I think they, yeah, I love it when they get this all right. Well, and I think also the Switch, you know, the hardware now is at the point and, and is, you know, has gotten to the point where the Switch can be feasibly what the Wii U tried to be. You know, mm-hmm. I think the Switch is what the Wii U kind of wanted to be, but the, the technology wasn't there for it to be that. And now, so now you don't have to be tethered to a base system. Yep. Now, you know, you do have true freedom, which is what the Wii U tried to do again, but it mm-hmm. didn't, it couldn't do it. The, te- the technology wasn't there. But now you have, you know, the, te- the technology there is there. Nintendo has really capitalized on it. And I think what's very key in terms of the R&D for the Switch is that they landed on a very, a really ideal uh, confluence between price point and power. Yes. yes. Like, it, it, yeah. if the Switch was even a little less powerful mm-hmm. than it is, I don't know if we'd be looking at the, some of the really impressive stuff where, like Doom. Mm-hmm. The fact they were able to get Doom running on the Switch at all is incredible to me. So I think they really landed on a nice you know compromise between price point and power because it's it's powerful enough to run games that look great and powerful enough to you know run acceptable looking versions of games on more powerful consoles yeah yeah anything else from you kyle oh no <laughs> no 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 i'm all right i'm all right i realized we never talked about animal crossing you said you did a while oh, right. animal, yes, crossing. animal crossing but just oh. do it real quick damiani because yeah. we are way over time yeah, yeah. i mean uh Animal Crossing Pocket <laughs> Camp came out. Yep. Uh-huh. And uh, I just played it for an hour and I lost all interest. That, that, that's my take on it. Great. Me too. Uh, I, yeah. don't, I don't need another game like this. I I guess if you never played Animal Crossing, it'll get you into it. You'll probably want, you're probably going to want that Animal Crossing Switch when it comes out. Yeah. So it's doing the same thing. It's, I, I, I think I preface it by saying I'm not as big into Animal Crossing as I am the Fire Emblem. Right. So I kind of already was going into a little bit of bias, but I did try it out. And I, yeah. it's very analogous to Fire Emblem Heroes. It, they're doing a lot of similar things there. Uh, my yeah. quick summary of Nintendo 2017. Uh, well, I guess I don't know. It's all in. It's all in my Mario. Mario is the oh. game I never thought they would make. Yeah. I never thought we'd go back to this 3D platformer. This one in particular is even more about exploration than I think even 64 is. And so uh, it's the game I've been dreaming of, and that happened this year. And so I'm just you know, my my sentiment with with what they're doing is high. All right. Yeah. Good year for uh, good year for Nintendo. Looking forward to 2018. Uh, I want to thank you again for joining us, Ash. Thank you for taking some of your time out of your day. Oh, please. Thank you. Like I told you guys before, I was already a big fan of Easy Allies before, you know, getting to collab with you guys. So I'd love to do more and would love to get you guys on some GX discussions or something. But awesome. this has been great. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I've had a great time. No, you were very good. Oh, thank, yeah. you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I'll have links in the desc- I'll have a link in the description to Game Exclaim for you. For the shameful people out there who don't know what Game Explain is. No, no, no. Right. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. But do check it out. Do yes. Check it out. Yeah. Yes. You do know. Thank our, you very much. You guys, get, viewers eventually get better at telling when I'm joking yeah, and trolling I, and stuff. Yes. We got, we got to we train people like that. Uh, again, uh, apologies to anyone who is expecting uh, patrons' polls questions. I will try and get them to return in the next episode. I actually don't know for sure if the next episode will hit on time because of our holiday schedule. But I will keep you updated on, on Patreon. I, if it's not going to happen the week it's supposed to. I will give you an update there, but until next time, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce.